Ladies and gentlemen, may I present for your intellectual and philosophical pleasure Run Fest on Raw Dog Product Comedy Hits Channel 99 Let's get down to it, Boppers. Yes, buddies. This is the only radio show that has bottle service, so things are happening for us. Ow! <laughs> 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. Adrian Peterson, one time, uh, New York uh, City's own, because he came in here and hung out with us. That was great, that day. Had a good time with him. He is suspended for the year. Now, if you remember that day... Uh, David McDonald was in here with his child. The kid felt weird and wanted to leave during Adrian Peterson. The entire time. Like he could pick up on it. We should play that over Thanksgiving. Because it's, you know, it's ripped from the headlines right now. Exactly, yeah. When I say over Thanksgiving, I mean sometime during the week. Uh... Because that kid knew that there was something dangerous. And we're like, it's Adrian Peterson. He's a nice guy. Everybody likes him. Greatest running back of his generation. Yeah. Uh, he's out for the year. He's going to appeal it. But what are you shaking your head no for, Chris? Appealing. Well, why? Why? He's, they're not, the NFL's not laying him in. He's gonna. He hasn't like until the middle of April next year. That's when they'll he'll be officially reinstated. The uh, one of the reasons why they said is because he hasn't been contrite about hitting his kid, and it also said no one's gonna stop me from whooping my kid on Twitter. Which, by the way, you probably shouldn't tweet out whooping my kid. Really? How much money was he getting? He was getting six hundred thousand dollars a week as from the time when they when they put him on ice. So now he's not... That's nice. That's nice cake. Yeah. Yeah. So 
He's out. I think he's losing like twelve million dollars. I think that was left on the contract. Well, he's not. His contract's not gone. He's just suspended until next year without pay. So I don't know how long the contract was after this. Uh, but there ain't twelve million dollars left in the rest of the season for him. Oh no, no. How's he going to spend the rest of the year? Telling this kid, you satisfied now? <laughs> see what you made. See what you made happen to Daddy. You happy? <laughs> but Daddy, I wanted it now, Daddy. The kids are here. <laughs> and that means one thing. Comedy news. Reporting directly from the Sirius XM Satellite Radio Headquarters. Blasted into space and redirected directly into your brain. It's Ron and Fez's Comedy News with the Comedy News Team. Peter Laurie and Marissa. What's the story, Peter Laurie and Marissa? No attempt to make a fun rhyme on her name. By the way, Marissa's in here uh, from Philadelphia. Comes up, and I guess dressed, Woo! guess dressed like a mummer today. Is that what? The, <laughs> yeah, it was dressed like a mummer. What is mummer this, day? <laughs> what is this all about? It's listen. I love glitter. It's an expression of me uh-huh. on the inside, on the outside. Wait, you got glitter it's an on the inside? Explosion of awesome. Yes. Yeah. Okay. It, I, I'm a yeah. See, I was tested, and people were like, "My God, she's got glitter everywhere." Um. Now. Then you took a look at her partner, Peter Laurie, <laughs> and he looks like he's combed his hair with a dead cat this morning. Do you honestly look, I'll say this, windblown. A little bit. It's windy yeah. out. Yeah, I know, but you've been inside for a while. Uh, Run a rake through that shit, uh, dude. I'm working on like, it. Yeah. I like dirty clothes and you know wrinkled dirty shirts. Clothes. That's an expression of Hobo me, chic. All right, do you have that down on your Tinder? I like dirty clothes. and Yes. Yes. I do. Likes to eat catnip too. Is that uh, you? You like to be a little bit of an unmade bed. I mean, yeah, I'm comfortable this way. But you're doing, you know, comedy news. She's dressed like a rock cat. I mean, she's Come just. On. It's gotten crazy around here. Where's your tie? You said you're gonna wear your tie. Oh yeah. <laughs> Forgot my tie. T- I mean, we're on womp the radio womp. though. You have to. You have to do it to sell yourself, so you won't be. Si- I yesterday I told you to to try to look like a newsman, and y- you you come in, and your hair looks like it's had a nervous breakdown. No, it is. It, he's doing the derelict campaign I'm, for Magatu. That's what it is. Been really Hobo busy. Chic. With the stories this morning, I've just been running around. I just what have you been writing them with your head? <laughs> yeah, your hair looks as nervous as Fez has been this morning. <laughs> it's not. It's almost like Fez's morning freaked outness. Which, by the way, he was fantastic until the kids came in. And once the kids came in, he just started melting over there. I don't understand these kids. They're just they're the comedy news team. We know them. Why do you have your coat on? It's just a hoodie. Oh, okay. It's just a hoodie. All right. I thought you were leaving. All right. Let's get started with comedy news. Comedy news. What's the story, Peter Laurie? Well, I got good news to start off with today. Bob Zamuda, alive and well. Yesterday, there were some rumors circulating on the internet that he had died Friday at the Bunny Ranch brothel in Nevada. However, our own Jeffrey Gurian is happy to report that the rumors are false and that Zamuda is alive and well. Well, the only people that I saw believe those Laura, uh, those rumors was Laura from Booking and Gil from Programming. They were freaked out. They were freaked out and they kept trying to get us to say it. They were texting me. Yes. Now, what were they texting you? Like, we heard, we were think, we heard Bob Zamuda is dead. This could be, we don't know what to do. First of all... That's the last person that you would believe. 
right? Was Dave. <laughs> He's putting out a book about faking a, a death. Mm-hmm. All right, now ran the story down. I'm sorry? Gurian ran the story down? Yes, he did. Yes. He, re- he, met, he actually met Bob Zamuda he, in the city. Bob was here promoting the book in New York. Well, I think the reason why they were freaked around here is he missed an interview. He did, yes. Over on Alkiel. Mm-hmm. So there, Gurian has the picture up and f- with the two of them together. But why isn't Gurian like holding up that day's New York Post? <laughs> so we would have something to know. This wasn't a 10-year-old picture. That would that would be helpful, mm. I think. Talk your hair in off the ledge. I'm so concerned about it. <laughs> My hair's fine. Is hair, it? Yeah. It's, okay. It, it, it it's better than it looks. I'll okay, say that. it would have to be. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Your hair would look like if a if a fish had hair. That's the condition it's in right now. <laughs> the wind. That's all I can say. It was mm. windy out. It was cold. I had a hat on. Mm. I don't know. I'm sorry. No, don't be sorry. That's Fez's bit. Don't step on Fez's bit. Never a news guy apologize. <laughs> Moving I, on. I, I, Comedy news. Ooh. No, Ooh, yeah, new that stuff was there. Spiffy. I like yeah. that. Okay. So Chris Rock joined Charlie Rose on the CBS this morning to discuss writing, directing, and starring in his new movie, Take Five, which opens December twelfth. Shot here at Sirius XM. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, the comedian explained to Rose the difference between fame and black fame. According to Chris, black fame comes with a lot more responsibility. Uh, he says that actors like Denzel Washington have to do stuff for his people, something that Tom Hanks and Tom Cruise don't have to deal with. It's true. Tom Hanks has never done anything for white people. Oh, well, unless you count that movie, that thing you do. That helped white uh, people a yeah. lot. <laughs> you know. Well, also, the survival skills with, uh, uh, what was that movie? Castaway. Castaway. Yeah, he showed major survival skills. Yeah, act crazy and start talking <laughs> to a soccer ball. ball. Yeah. Was, was it a volleyball? It was a volleyball. Oh, that volleyball. time I thought it was a soccer ball. See, we're learning I, something new I, I every know, I gotta day. I got to go back and watch that movie. This changes everything. Yeah. <laughs> he cheated in that movie. He had all kinds of stuff wash up from Federal Express that he could use. <laughs> It's like Gilligan's Island when uh, ice cream all of a sudden showed up. Well, that's pretty true. Yeah, but it was from his plane. It wasn't cheating. It was just he was taking advantage of what he had. It was a FedEx plane. I mean, I know it came from his wreckage, but it still seemed very convenient. But he was in... But, like, let's suppose somebody was in a science thing and they had microscopes. You're like, that's cheating. Use what you got. I don't think it's cheating <coughs> at all. I mean, Easy on Fess. He's just I'm trying just to be saying, I mean, I think Mr. He, Mr. Towel, you think it was realistic <laughs> that he brought all that stuff on a three-hour tour? Mr. No, Towel? that's why I Mr. compared Howell? it. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. I mean, it's, it's just not, I it's think not we cheating. All, it is what it is. He's easy. He's hey, just I'm a just, person like you. I'm sorry. He's Fess. just a man just it's trying to cheating, join in. Though. Did you feel like he was attacking Marissa and you weren't having no, any not part at of all. it? Not at all. You're like, fuck this, dude. I didn't feel I'll like that at all. I'll knock your shit out. Protect her. I felt like he was attacking Tom Hanks. Where's to be the rock, bro? I was a little upset about that. Or Mr. Tao. <laughs> Excuse me, this is the Ebola is killing me today. Oh, Jesus. You got diagnosed? Yeah. Well, I went down where the, uh, the Ebola kid was. Yeah. And I licked his forehead. <laughs> Why would you do that? To say we're here with you. Yeah, but then that gives you Ebola. Now we find out. Before that, no one knew. <laughs> I didn't know it was one of those 
things that could be transferred like that. Yeah, you probably got this sweat in your mouth. It's, it's that's how it goes round. Okay, hindsight, 2020. We gotta quarantine this place. Hold on, who are you, Mr. Fucking Tao over here screaming? I'm not fucking Fez, I'll break your goddamn nose. <laughs> say it's Ebola. Did the schnozberries taste like schnozberries? They did. I thought so. Yeah. Chris plays the straight man pretty well now. Is that where you're going with this all the time? <laughs> all right, I'll play the straight man. You've done something insane. <laughs> But I do kind of uh, agree with the kid. I mean, it was his plane, and there were supplies in that plane. It would be cheating that if he was on the island, and then a plane landed in front of the island and stuff washed up. You'd be like, well, that doesn't happen. I was always mad at him for not opening up the one package. I know. How could you do that? How could you not rip that? What if there was something that could have helped him? You know what was in there? What? A waterproof uh, sea phone. Oh, cocksucker. <laughs> uh, Marissa? Is here? Oh, I apologize. Did you yell out that dirty language? I apologize, Marissa. Dirty mouth. Jesus. Seriously, you do. Mouth of a sailor. Yes. I have cursing problems. It's okay. Just stop. <laughs> it's hard. Just stop and stop taking every news story so seriously. Okay? No one licked a, an Ebola kid. You're fine. <laughs> I just, I worry because it, it's, it's going around. <laughs> <laughs> it isn't going around. It's not. It's, I thought the, it was like solved. Now it's secured now, right? <laughs> yeah. the, one, the one guy who had it, it's fine. Yeah, yeah it's secure. All it is is yeah. juice. Yeah. You need a lot of juice. Exactly. Sippy juice. Yeah. Relax. So you, were, you weren't defending Marissa. You were defending Tom Hanks. Yeah. Well, do you think, here's the, by the way, it was nice to get away from the actual story, but the point is, do you think, uh, you know, black fame is harder than white fame? I think that's a tough question just because I have not put myself in that position. So I feel like I can't really comment on okay, that. Okay, so the only thing that you could comment on is if it happened to you. Like I if suppose. I threw you some sports news, you'd be like this, look, I've never quarterbacked a pro team. Well, I can't I comment. never said that. Listen, I can't comment on Sanchez. Have you seen these arms? These guns are fully loaded. Like I can throw just insanely. See, I disguise myself sometimes as like Tony Romo mm-hmm. or, you know. Uh, one, of those M- one of those MTV shows that uh, Pete Davidson does. Guy Code, Girl Code? She seems like Girl Code to me. She seemed like she would be on Girl Code in a heartbeat. Oh, yeah. Because totally they just get on there and talk crazy. <laughs> they don't make any sense. And you know what? When it, That's true. Then when I look at you, uh, Peter Laurie, you seem like a guy who would watch um, Guy Code. I have not actually seen it, but I'll start watching it yeah. if that if you think You'd it'll be help. Like, oh, okay. There's a code to this. Yeah, I get it. And code. never never break it. You hear that, y'all? We're using code words. All right. So uh, the end of the story. Uh, I'll ask Chris. Even though you're not black and no. or famous, do you think black fame is harder than white fame? It seems like black fame is harder than white fame because these like black stars kind of go off the loose end sometimes. Go More, off the loose they end. They go nuts. Like, like say like a Martin Lawrence like lost his shit and he was like the top black comedic actor at the time. Dave, Dave Chappelle. Chappelle lost yeah. it when he was at the top Africa. of this game. It's from what I've seen in the media. It seems like yeah, being the top black artist is can be harder than being the top white artist. Well, what about a lot of black artists that kept it together? Uh, like, go to the music world. Michael Jackson. Okay. He stayed the same. Uh, George Clinton. Never, you know, got off got off message at all. He was crazy way before he was Whitney famous. Whitney Houston. All right. Regular. Normal gal. Except for the Xanax. 
Yeah. Chris Brown. No stress in his life. All right, look, there's a pattern emerging. Chris Rock's making a lot of sense. You're starting to sound like a racist to me, dude. How so? How am I racist? Just commenting on black things. <laughs> I don't care. All right, a- the only person who's going to change this for me is Mr. Tao. Peter Lurie, where are you on this one? Is it tougher to be black and famous than white and famous? Oh, you know, I never thought it was before, but I guess, you know, what Chris well, he, His point was that, like, no one will ever say to, like, a white star, like, no one ever says to Louis C.K., all right, things are going well for you, but remember, stay white, dude. Yeah. Stay white. Yeah, I get that. I mean, it's a good point. Yeah. But I think about, like, a, like a Denzel Washington. I think he's, like, on the top of his game. Don't you? I don't think... Yeah, but what he's saying is he has to walk the chalk, you know? Chris is saying he does... He is at the top of his game, but it's like no easy thing for him because he has to sit around all the time and think, what will black people think about this? Yeah, he's got to cover his ass at all times. You think, well, we you think Denzel is covering his asses ass? out. Yeah. I think people definitely look at black fame differently than white fame. Like it's like he was saying, like nobody says, you know, stipula- like certain <coughs> stipulations. They don't say like, oh, well. He's white and he's got to rep it for the you know the white man like it's it's. All... I know this. Black people stuck with OJ when nobody did. I remember it was like, whatever the same percentages of do you think he's guilty or innocent were exactly the same percentages as black and white in this country. In middle school, when like I was in, it was a fire it was a fire alarm. So they took us all outside and the verdict came in that he was not guilty. And a black guy in a bike was just rolling around screaming, "He's free!" Not guilty! <laughs> Just yelling at children. And then the children all be like, yay! I didn't understand, I didn't understand the time what was happening. I was on the radio and we made seven phone calls to different continents. Every continent we called, including Antarctica. And we would just say, Without knowing anything about the play, we were just blind calling these people. And we say, O.J. Simpson, the verdict's coming in. Is he going to be guilty or innocent? First of all, in seven continents, everybody knew who O.J. was. That's crazy. Now, this is a guy who was an American football player, which they don't give a shit about, and done a couple of bad movies, which I don't think he was a big international star. Every continent knew about him. And... If they were black or brown, they said innocent. If they were white, they said guilty. So we carried America, All right. uh, Europe, and Antarctica. <laughs> Other than that, everybody else was like, I don't know, I think he probably got set up by police. <laughs> <laughs> you know how police are. Fuck a police, right? Yeah, yeah. Fuck, fuck, fuck a police. <laughs> Make a lot of good points. Yeah. Elvis don't mean shit to me. <laughs> but that, I, I thought that was the most stunning day that, A, everybody knew who he was around the world, and B, they were still going on the skin tone. South America, fuck no, we didn't do it. <laughs> yeah, right. Like, oh, you come on. Yeah, it was an inside job. It's probably Cato. Um, here's uh, Andy in Boston wants to jump into this. I'm having a crazy time with the phones that were all over today. It's all right, Chris. Sit the fuck down. You're making me nervous. Andy in Boston. What's up, baby? Hey, my first time calling you on Raw Dog, man. I love you guys. Thanks. Hey, can you hear me? All right. Yeah, I hear you perfectly. All right, I'm driving on the highway with the Bluetooth. Hey, listen, th- this might be reaching, Ronnie. I want to get your take on it. So, like, like um, Chappelle, right? Chris Tucker. They're 
quote unquote kind of bigots, right? They're always busting the white culture, white people, stay black. And um, I think that maybe if these guys get so famous, uh, there might be like this sort of inner internal like mutiny with the black community that if they get too famous and they're too well known, and even the white people love them, the black people that there's almost like this disregard for them that they're they're almost turning on their own people. And I feel like maybe the black community gives these people pushback when they get this famous, and uh, all of a sudden it starts fucking with their head. I mean, kind of Ma- maybe what they fun. want to say is like normally, like we were with you first. Now don't spend the rest of your time just trying to please. Uh, white people, like I'll give you an example of this. Country yeah. music, you look at like Taylor Swift, they propped her up, and now she's running around trying to sing to non country fans. Yeah, she's full on pop now. Oh, yeah, yeah, she's pop. So they they probably feel the same way. Like, stay country, dude, is another way to say it. stay white. And then they kind of don't take them back, do they? No, they don't because it's like once the crossover happens, they're done with them. Because I think there's a lot, there's so many country acts coming out that they'll find the next one. Yeah, and if they cross over or not, they, the country people don't care because they just have a new, another country act to follow. <laughs> see, I don't know if they would see it that way. I, that's like how we I always see it. have rock acts, but it doesn't mean that people still don't like the classic rock acts. You know, we're not done with them. Like, oh, we don't need you anymore, Pearl Jam. <laughs> I think some people might be spiteful and just maybe not even listen to the song. Just be like, no, it's garbage. And then some people who are just fans of her in particular will just love everything she does. So if she does country, they'll still embrace that. Uh, Michael, you're on the Run Fest show. Hey, Ronnie B. Back when the uh, O.J. Simpson trial was coming down, I mean, we had like two black guys in our town. And I was even like, dude, just let it go by. You know, know, we know. Just let it go by. We'll make good later on. Very. Oh, don't know if I got that at all. What, where was his angle in that? Case? I, guess, I think his angle was don't talk about it. Just let it go to the black people. Yeah, like don't even worry. Just, just whatever happens, happens. I think he was just trying to say don't talk about it because everyone's on <laughs> yeah. the cop side. And <clears throat> I would think that normally, like if there's minorities and majorities, it's easier to be in the majority. Yeah. Nobody wants to be scrutinized for their ideas if they're different. This is weird. Like, women are somewhat a minority in this country. Absolutely. Even even though there's more of you. (laughs) Well, yeah. Well, see, here's the thing. We have two boobs and guys one penis. So we're outnumbering you. It's, It's distracting. It's like... But you never stick together. No, well, with women, women, women never stick together. I think it That's depends true. on the on the person, mm-hmm. though. I think it depends on the type of woman that you are. Because, I, like me, I'll help anybody out. I don't care, woman, man, whatever, cat, dog. Whatever. Yeah, see, white guys don't think that. We think we're going to help white guys, and then they're going to help mm-hmm. us, and it'll be great. But women are always like, "Hey, let's make it fair for everyone." We're like, "That's a great idea." Fuck you. <laughs> You're just looking at the boobs yeah. like, yeah. I mean, you take a guy like Peter Laurie. He's he's taking over the fence business, right? Yes. That's correct. Taking you know, over. You've all, you know what you've done to the ranges of this country where we used to just be able to ride the ranges and now they're covered with your fences? Oh, my God. Are you upset about it? Yeah, we all are. Oh, my God. I'm so yeah. sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah. I mean, you know, I just put up the fences where they tell me to. Who's they? The, the, the man? The, the fence man. conglomerate? The man. The, the man. The fence man. <laughs> um, let's go over to Lewis 
in Manhattan. How you doing, Lois? Hey, what's up, guys? Um, I just yeah. want to say real quickly before I get into what I got to say, uh, Peter Laurie, I think, is past his prime. Maritza is the future, man. You got to focus on her. She's great. But um, I, I think it's hard. Well, I think you. it's easier to be a black celebrity just for the simple fact that we've seen so many black celebrities be forgiven by the black community. Like you mentioned Michael Jackson, all the stuff that he went through, the allegations. I mean, all he did was go up to Harlem and everybody loved him again. So I think it's a lot easier. All right. Well, let me ask you this. Mm-hmm. They are always going to forgive uh, them for like doing crimes. But would they forgive them if they campaigned for Mitt Romney? Uh, you got a point there. You know what I mean? Like they're like, yeah, black people are like, yeah, he did a crime. So what? You can't but turn, I though. think that if they start seeing you hanging out at a country club and and hanging out at Republican things, <laughs> they don't dig it at all. Yeah, yeah, they yeah they do have that thing where they call you bougie if you uh, if you hang out a little too long with the uh, with the white crowd. Because like Clarence Thomas, I don't think like if you went through his phone, I bet there's not you could push any number and a white guy would answer. <laughs> I don't think he has a black name in his phone. <laughs> Got Colin Powell. You think he's got Colin's number? Uh, like right now, no, no black people are mad at Cosby. Well, that that comedian, the guy who ragged on him, what's his name? Uh, Hannibal. Hannibal Burris. Yeah, he seems to have an issue with them. I don't know what. It is. Yeah, but for what? I think it all goes back to remember Bill Cosby had that issue with um with Rhonda Sykes and all. Yeah, the black pull your pants up, shit. Yeah. yeah, basically, like he didn't like how they talked and all that. So I think he's been getting heat from black comedians. I think, but not so much the black community. All right, peace. Eight six six Ron Zero Fez, eight six six Ron Zero Fez. Comedy news turning serious on the Ron and Fez show. Um, it is the Ron and Fez show, and more comedy news. Comedy news. Oh, boy, we gotta say it twice. <laughs> All right. So John Mulaney was on Jimmy Kimmel last night talking about his show, which uh, has been kind of a critical disaster. Um. Mulaney appeared to be in good spirits, even though his show has uh, been a problem with ratings. And he said he s- said he's loved the experience of making his new show, even though ratings and reviews have not been good. And he also took the opportunity to thank his very small and disloyal following. And I think we have a, an audio clip from. Uh, Is it the same thing that you just said, though? Uh, essentially. Yeah, of. I don't want. I don't want you to say something and play it. Say, here's what John well, Mulaney had to say, but we don't want to hear it twice in a row. Well, it's not. I didn't like quote him exactly. I got this. Is all right. Let's play it. Then. This is Mulaney's what he thinks about his project. By the way, it's a really good thing to make something that you love and are very proud of and have people dislike it and still be proud of it. That's a good experience. So I don't I don't mind going. That's how that my parents feel about me. <laughs> that so was he's, it. He's in good spirits about it, even though uh, the show is probably not going to last much longer. You can catch it on Sunday nights at its new time. Seven. I watched them all. Have you? Yeah. No. I watched the first couple. And then what? I haven't. <laughs> I, I found it pretty funny, though. I thought it was a pretty You're too good busy show. with defense business? Is uh, that it? It's <laughs> fencing and football Sundays. You know, it's just it's all getting in the way. Well, now they've moved him right down until, you know, the other game is... Yeah, he, yeah. Com- he comes right on after the game now, 7.30. Yeah, but then there's another game on NBC that night. That's true. So- I saw this story, though, for like the third time out of four weeks, Walking Dead has beat Monday Night Football. Destroying it, yeah. It's it's it's. Well, the- we were just sitting around saying nothing could ever beat football. 
Oh, we forgot zombies. Yeah. I can't. I understand the, the the love for Walking Dead. I gave it a shot. It's, uh, yeah. it's not a good TV show. I'm not about it either. Who's a big with that? Uh, I guess the nerd culture. Nerd culture is mainstream culture. Yeah, it's just main. It's, people just love zombies. When you're saying nerd culture, you're saying human beings. There's another show. I'm pretty sure it's on Sci-Fi. It's somebody's actually trying to make their own zombie movie, and because zombie culture has been so big, it's just a doc, like a, basically a documentary about somebody making a zombie movie. Like that's how much they're trying to. I feel like tease this out, the zombie phenomenon kind of thing. Like I, I'm like sitting there, like really though. Like I, why would I want to watch this? I don't, I don't get it. People do want to watch it though. It's hot right now. That's why they're doing it. <laughs> Zombies so hot right yeah, now. Yeah, there's been some good zombie flicks. You don't think so? Why you got you got your feelings hurt now? Why? Because she said that she looked at you like you're an idiot, and then you're like, yeah, I saw you glare at her. <laughs> I didn't glare at her. You look, shot her a look. Pete. This is a chance. Everyone should have a chance to to talk, and we don't throw hands. Don't you know? Suddenly make <laughs> ball your hands up in the fist. I don't. I don't understand what. I want to see you wear. Point. I want to see you wear glitter next time you come in. <laughs> come on. You really let me down with the tie thing today. How about what if I wore a glittery tie tomorrow? With that. I'm not Suffice. even sure if you're doing the news tomorrow. I know Marissa's. What are you? Oh. Come on. Awkward. You didn't wear your tie. I'm sorry. I didn't think you were serious about that. Oh. Chris, you're... what are I ever saying here that I'm not uh, serious about? Nothing. This is serious XM. It's all fucking serious. I will wear my tie tomorrow. Ian in Jersey, you're on the Ron and Fez show. Hey, Ronnie B., I know why the black community is so mad at uh, <clears throat> Cosby. Because he's raping white chicks, not black chicks. That's racism. Yep. Yeah. That's racism. They call them the best uh, company news team. As a matter of fact, the in radio today, and some people are saying that they're the best team since Salt and Pepper, wow. peanut butter and jelly. Salt, salt, salt and pepper's here. <laughs> you they like come. that? There yeah. you go. Giving it to us. Comedy news. I like that. I like yeah. that little intro. It is working. It's real spiffy. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, so this next one, I'm going to have to really say it with my chest. Kevin Hart recently met with some AP number one Florida State football players after Ooh. a show in Tallahassee and took the time to bust Heisman Trophy winner Jameis Winston's balls in front of all of his teammates. Uh, we actually have a video and audio of this. We're going to play for you guys. Stop doing dumb shit. <laughs> That's it. All right. I'm glad I started to bring a bunch of crab legs and see if you was going to take them. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Harry, let's get some. Let's see if he's still, Harry. Give me some fruit. <laughs> yes. Uh, the dumb shit that uh, Kevin Hart is referring to includes sexual assault allegations, a run-in with the FSU campus police when they found him with a BB gun shooting squirrels, stealing soda from a Burger King, which is my personal favorite of uh, all of these, and shoplifting crab legs at a local supermarket. All right, let me just say this. <laughs> no one will be able to find, outside of Florida, be able to find fucking Tallahassee on a map if it wasn't for this football team. The quarterback, 26 games in a row, and he's got to go out and steal fucking soda and crab legs? Yeah. Send some soda and crab legs to him. Yeah. It's crazy we didn't give these kids the money. But if they do boosters, they'll kick yeah. the kid out of the school. But yeah, Booster will try to steal it yeah. and give it to you. Like, hey, hey here's some crab legs. Yeah, but mm -hmm. he should have his own crab legs. It's disgusting. They, and the NCAA finds some kids for eating too much at a buffet. Like, it, just, they, the kids have no money. Why are they fucking with them? 
And it's a billion dollar business. Billions of dollars go into this. I found out the other day that Nick Saban doesn't even pay for his house. The, just, people just pay for his $3 million. I, I never heard of that before. I got to tell you this. Nick Saban's house is filled with crab legs. <laughs> it's like his wife no is saying, honey, the crab leg room is starting to stay. <laughs> you know, You've he, got so many crab legs in there. you got to eat them faster. They're, going, they're turning. He's eating like a Viking king. Every fucking day. It's like he just pillaged someplace. Um, uh, I'm not... Uh, well, I may stand corrected, but I'm pretty sure Nick Saban was the highest-paid uh, college football coach this past year. Well, he should be. Shepard, Brooklyn, you're on the Renafest show. Yeah, Ron. I want to know why nobody ever brings up the fact that Robert Blake got away with murder, Casey Anthony gets away with murder, but one black guy gets away with murder, and we're still talking about it 20 years later. I remember when the Robert Blake thing came down. My family was so happy. We went running into the street showing <laughs> we did it. We did it. Yeah. Uh, white people began away with murder for a long time. All right. Listen to a little little song called "Strange Fruit." Uh, we're very, very, we're very from. Well, white people also say this: don't, don't, you know, do uh, as we do, do as we say. That's big with us. Jump oh, that's on. That's fair it. enough. That's fair enough. But you know, it happens all the time. Yeah. So I don't know why that OJ thing was so strange. You well, beat the trial. You beat the trial. Man, well, look. I mean, I'm not saying we're not hypocrites, but we did get to the moon. So, oh, right. you're welcome. How you like that? No one ever wants to bring that up. I have to, um, I have to bounce out of here for for a little while. What do you mean bounce? I have to leave. Where are you going? Studio. I have to go to the Hard Rock because I need to go through a walkthrough for tomorrow night's Thanksgiving dinner. Well, first of all, tomorrow night is not Thanksgiving. Well, I think uh, the and then B. I'm not sending you over there because you never know where you're going, and I got to give away a prize. It's the Hard Rock, Hard I, Hard Rock Johnny. I have to go see him. I know exactly where the Hard Rock is. I've uh, been do you know what street you're on right now? I'm on 49th Street right now. All right. When you come out of the building, yeah, you make a left. Okay. In about two minutes, you'll be on Broadway. Yeah. Make another left. Walk straight down Broadway. Hard Rock is on the right hand side. At 49th, at 42nd and Broadway, okay? Right in the corner. You cannot miss it. I know. I don't want this to cost me a prize. It's not going to cost you a prize. I've been to the Hard Rock plenty of times. Fez, what would be the prize if he gets lost? If he gets lost, we'll give away on DVD, Into the Wild, signed I, by Emil Hirsch. I'm saving that for Christmas for poor kids. You're, those poor kids are going to get to view the movie because I'm not going to get lost. It's it's too easy. I make a left, I make a left, and straight down it's on the right. It's the Hard Rock Cafe in Times Square. Oh, wait. So, because I don't know the times of the sun. Sunday night football is what got beat, not Monday night football? Yeah, but one day's on Sunday night, yeah. Why didn't anybody correct me when I said Monday night football? I thought you said Sunday night football. Now, why would I say Sunday night football? Uh, here's the problem for you, Chris. Yeah. Sunday Night Football is on regular TV, so this is even more of a fucking beatdown. There's no featured game of the week anymore. They're all just they're all just bad games every week. I think Sunday night's the big game, though. That's yeah, the I biggest agree, game of the week. I mean, I don't know think, what he's talking no, about. You would think it is, but no, it's I know be, it is. It's, it's getting beat by The Walking Dead. I couldn't 
I couldn't watch this week because I was so sick what happened to the Eagles. Yeah. And if I felt like if I watched Brady play well, it's just going to hurt me. And I would switch over every once in a while, and he'd just look great. Stay here because I want somebody to go with you. I'm going to send Liam. No, don't send you. Liam. I can go. I know Let me send Zito. I've, no, no, don't send Zito. Can't trust you get them. lost. I'm not going to get lost. I'm going. I'm it's the fucking Hard Rock. It's. I, I know exactly where it is. It's right in the corner. It's literally the middle of Times Square. There's no way I can get caught. There's no way I can get lost. Learn the difference between Sunday night football and Monday night football too, would you? Okay. All right. You're going to go straight to the Hard Rock. Straight to the Hard where Rock. Where is it? It's on the corner of 42nd and Broadway. I'm going to meet Hard Rock Johnny out front, and we're going to go inside the Hard Rock. He's going to be standing out front waiting for you. Yes. All right, I'm going to trust you, but don't get lost. I'm not going to get lost. You right. trust me, man. All right. All right, I'll be back. Yeah. I think he drank last night. He's pissy. Fez is pissy. And Peter Laurie's pissy. You're all coming back angry Sorry. about everything that you're saying. Not you angry. It should be... Uh, Passionate. Okay. What do you think the big story is? The one that you led with? The... Uh, the fact that Bob Zamuda was found? Uh, yeah, that was the story I enjoyed reading the most this morning, I'll be honest with you. This is why people are calling him Jeffrey Gogo uh, uh, Gurian right now. Uh, what else we got? Comedy News. All right, uh, Rain Wilson, Dwight Schrute from The Office, is coming back to Fox in a new comedy drama called Backstrom. Wilson will play a Portland detective named Everett Backstrom, who has spent five years exiled in the traffic division, but is now back heading up the special crimes unit while trying to get his life in order. Deadline describes Wilson's detective character as lazy, offensive, drunk, and brilliant. Backstrom is coming to Fox this spring, 2015, and you can catch a sneak peek right now at the iBang. A, a, a sneak peek? <laughs> sneak peek. A freak preak. Freak preak. <laughs> freak preak. I need you to say the right words. Hold on. You my, can hot, my hotline's going on. I just need you for a second. Oh. Uh, hi, you're on the Ron and Fez show. Ron, it's Chris. It happened again. What? I'm lost. I don't know where I am. I went outside. I got turned around in Times Square. I don't know where I am. Oh, Chris. I'm lost. Jesus. Oh, Christ. Oh, Christ. Where, where am I? Where am I? Where am I? It's time for Ron and Fez's Where Am I? Where am I? If you can figure it out, you can win. Oh, God, where am I? Brought to you by Wyndham Hotels and Resorts, part of the Wyndham family of brands. There's a Wyndham waiting. Chris, where the hell are you? Can you even look around and see anything? Uh, I'm, I'm looking. I'm looking. I, 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 there's a port. I'm in the ninth largest port city in America. Oh, do you know what that is, don't you? Um, ninth largest port city? Yeah, it's San Diego, right? You in San Diego? No, I'm not in San Diego. All right, let me check over here with Todd in Detroit. Go ahead, Todd. How you doing, buddies? Yeah. Is it uh, Charleston, South Carolina? Oh, you're in Charleston. Definitely not in Charleston. Oh, incorrect. How did you find out it was the ninth largest port city? I've seen a lot of ports before. This is definitely the... <laughs> 
All right, here's Mark in Colorado. See if you can see anything else around there, Chris. Oh, okay. I see. All right, the 2014 Miss USA pageant was held here at the River Center. I'm at outside the River Center. Sounds like Atlantic City. Uh, Mark, where do you think he is? Uh, he is in Savannah. You in Savannah? Hell no. Oh, incorrect. Well, if a Miss America contest was there, isn't that Atlantic City? That's not AC. See if we can see the steel pier. Uh, Look around for something else. All right. right. This place is home to the naval destroyer, the USS Kidd. Let's go over here to Sean. Sean in North Carolina. Is he in Baltimore? Yeah, you're probably in Baltimore, Chris. I ain't in B-more, hell no. Yeah. Ooh, incorrect. All right, any other clues? Try to figure this out. Okay, all right. All right the, the city I'm in has a mayor president, and his name is Kip. A mayor president? Yeah, mayor president. Here's Jack in Phoenix. Jack. Yeah. Do you know where he is? Uh, Trenton, New Jersey. Probably. In Trenton. Oh, incorrect. You're probably in Trenton. You're fine. <laughs> no, I'm not, dude. I'm yeah. not in Trenton. I'm definitely not there. Remember, is it what Trenton makes? makes and the world takes. Yeah. yeah. That's exactly. Is that it? Is the world taking no. from you? Are you in Trenton? No, I'm not in Trenton. Um. Give us another clue. All right, this is really weird. Both the Tigers and the Jaguars play here. Chris in Charlotte. Uh, is he hanging with Bill Murray in Charleston, South Carolina? Yeah, you're probably with Bill Murray in Charleston. I wish. No, I'm not. Oh, incorrect. Adam in Louisiana, how are you, buddy? I'm doing great, Ron. How are you? Uh, we're trying to find Chris right now. Well, Chris is actually right down the street from me in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Is that right, Chris? Hell yeah! I'm- Correct! Adam, could you pick him up and bring him back here? And we'll give you a uh, sign into the wild by the great Amir Hirsch. Sure, absolutely. I'm right down the road from Tiger Stadium. All right, terrific. All right, Chris, it's going to be easy to get you. You're safe now. All right, great. I'm going to look for Adam. Chris, if you don't know where you are, right? Yeah, yeah. How can you yell to the listener you're right when they tell you? <laughs> it's, it's just how it works. Like when they say it, I realize, oh, that's where I am, Baton Rouge. <laughs> okay. All right, that makes sense. Right? Wait, I thought I just saw you in the other room. What? No, I'm in Baton Rouge. I'm waiting for Adam to pick me up. Okay. I thought I saw you over there. I hope he has a nice car. It'll be a truck, I'm sure. <laughs> Go ahead, read your thing, Fuzzy. Uh, hold on, Adam. Your prize is brought to hold you on, by, Adam. by uh, Wyndham Hotels and Resorts, <laughs> Wyndham Grand, Wyndham Garden. There's a Wyndham waning. Earn up to 10,000 Wyndham Rewards bonus points when you book at Wyndham.com. Terms and conditions at Wyndham.com. Was it driving you crazy? I kept talking. You couldn't say, hold on, Adam. 
all that time? Uh, no. Because you said, hold on, Adam, after 10 minutes of me talking. It's right here. Damn it. Uh, more comedy news? Uh, no more comedy news. That's Why? What do we do wrong? Not Nothing. You know, we just gave, we gave it to you. That's it. <laughs> I mean, that's what we got. You're Mr. Excitement. I just think you? we should all be happy that Bob's mood is alive. He's always Mr. Excitement. Yeah. Anything happening between you two date-wise? Well, we were discussing today, and I told Clocks, I said, did you know that he has a ring for me? And Clocks said, really, already? And P goes, no. I said I was saving up for it for months. I am. Why are you angry with her? <laughs> I'm so not. angry. I was like, wow. Do you I'm know, not. every time I see her... At Why little, is this Clocks' business, though? That's, that's I, very, very true. That's what I have to know. <laughs> I mean, I don't... I want everybody to know, damn it. <laughs> You know what? I don't know if I'm allowed to do this, but I'd like to start intern boxing and just have you guys fight it out. But every oh, time I walk, walk past her little workstation where her computer is, surrounded by dudes, and it changes with the shift. Like, I left here last night at nighttime, and there was a whole new shift of dudes. <laughs> like, checking in, acting like they're asking, are you even aware of that? I mean, a little bit. You're picking up that you're popular. Say I'm popular. I think that's gone a little far, but friendly. I'll say I'm very friendly. And they, they land on you like flies very, around this place. Very friendly with me. Yeah, they are, and they're not friendly with each other or other people. I never even met any of these dudes, <laughs> but with her, they're like, oh yeah, that looks. What are you working on? Oh, that looks good. Guys are so awful. <laughs> I just want you to know, I have no interest in what she's working on at all. Whoa, that's Whoa. not what you said the first day. I, I, this was not his story the first day. I know. He was, <laughs> was very interested in what yeah. I was working on. Now what he's just being up front, you're interested in her, right? I am not interested in what she's working on in the slightest. But you're you're interested in something, I'm aren't you? more interested in her than I am what she's oh, working on. Oh, uh, okay. That's really that's nice. nice. <laughs> that's See really that? I'm nice. not angry. Yeah. Well, well I'll tell you me. this. She's taking your position as the number one comedy news guy. Ooh, you, what did I say? You're basically her assistant now. Well, how does yeah. that work? Yeah, I don't know. I'm the captain of this spirit ship. That's true. All right, you write the stories tomorrow. <laughs> We're going to break. I'll see. He always has to pull the, pull the curtain <laughs> yeah. back. Look, look who does all the work. <laughs> Old fish hair. We talk about all the stories, <laughs> exactly. number one, and we fix them together. So I don't want to hear that. Boo. Yes. <laughs> Let's break. We'll be right back, and hopefully we'll have Chris by then. It's the Ron and Fez Show. Ron and Fez on Raw Dog. Comedy Hits. Channel It's the Ron and Fez show. Uh, tomorrow we are recording our 
big Thanksgiving show. And Chris, you said this is the hottest ticket in town. Oh my God! You got swarmed, and everyone's mad at you. And you everyone didn't get the tickets they wanted. Some people. I mean, there was so many requests. There's only so many seats. Look. Do you know how many uh, people I wanted there to begin with? How many? Zero. When this idea came down, it was like the old dinner for five, right? Yeah. Of you know guys sitting around having dinner. Uh, talking, and you have funny, interesting people. Tom Rhodes can tell us about his world travels, and David Tell, uh, comedy genius. Um, you know, Big J, I guess, uh, talk about Philly. Louis J. Gomez. Puerto Rican rattlesnake? A real hard ass dude. Is that his name? Real ass dude. Real, real ass, ass dude. dude. You know, he's got his thing. Sure. Uh, but I thought it would just be us talking like we were having Thanksgiving dinner. And then uh, Don and Johnny was like, well, let's bring some people in. I go, I don't want to bring them in. And then Johnny said, we f- we'll feed them. I'm like, well, that seems like cool. Now we're giving back. But I didn't know that would lead to so many troubles for you. It's people are flying in. Yeah, I don't. Uh, and that was never the point. It's not that kind of a big stage show. It's dudes eating dinner. Yeah. But it's going to be funny, I think. Because those guys are funny. I can, yeah. It's going to be a wild evening. Fez, are you making your bean dip? Oh, I should totally make that. My father's bean dip recipe. You should. <laughs> Thank you for reminding me. <laughs> I don't oh. know whether the Hard Rock can feed outside food, though. Oh, that's true. I probably can't bring anything in. Well, you unless, just go John, back. unless Johnny tests it first, I don't know how it works. You go back and forth no matter what I say. If I was like, could you go get some rescue dogs to bring them in? I could totally do that. Rescue dogs. They need to be rescued. Yeah. We got rescue dogs to come in. Chris, it's good to have you back, by the way. That was, I guess I fell into a wormhole. I don't know. But Adam gave me a ride back. You fell into your own asshole is what you did. Oh, you finally have been surrounded by your own asshole. Oh, Awful. And you should be. Uh, you told me that the guys from Bum Fights are back in the news. Yeah, this is a fucking crazy story. So remember Bum Fights from like the early 2000s? They remember? Would, of course I remember Bum Fights. They would have homeless men fight each other. They got Rufus the Stunt Bum to tattoo Bum Fights on his forehead. Well, they pay out a bunch of money to Bums, and I figured I'd never hear from them ever again. Everybody was very mad at them. I, I got pretty... I felt bad for watching it towards like Bump Fights Two and Bump Fights Three. I had to turn. So it you off. loved it at first. At first, yeah. I mean, I was like, "This is great," but then when they had the bum hunter just duct taping homeless people and dragging them into a fucking van, I was like, "Okay." You know what you were doing? You were maturing. Yeah, I was. I really was maturing. I was going from like between eighteen and twenty. I realized don't make the homeless fight each other. It's terrible. So the, the creators of Bump Fights turns out they're in Thailand. They get arrested in Thailand. For sending out a package to the U.S. to Vegas that contained body parts, including a child's foot, an adult heart, human skin, and an infant's head, which they bought in Thailand. And they sent it to Vegas. They got arrested. And they said it was a prank. They were going to prank their buddy in Vegas by sending them dead body parts. I wouldn't expect it if someone started sending me dead body parts. That's a good prank. And now they're on the run in Cambodia from Thailand. They're, they they escaped from the fucking cops, and now they're in Cambodia. 
the guys who created bump fights. This doesn't. This scene. This is. Did they make a lot of money off bum fights? I believe so, but then they paid out a bunch of it too. They got sued. They had to pay off the bums. So like, they can't have that much cash left. How much do they pay the bums? They, that was undisclosed. By the way, I don't think that we should call them bums. <laughs> the That's their thing. Yes, <laughs> I think we should call it homeless American fights. Yeah. <laughs> and Sending uh, the body parts is crazy. It's horrifying. And who knows if it really was a prank. Maybe they're just in some... some Do you group. got something planned for uh, Thanksgiving yourself? Are you going to be with family? I'll be with, uh, I'll be with uh, my girlfriend's family, yeah. Because what are you planning? Um, I'm going to Florida. I know last week I brought up some of the problems we were having. Uh, that's been settled. Good. Uh, Shelby, what do you have planned? Probably just going to be staying in the city... Just tooling around. Do you have anybody special. to have Thanksgiving with? Uh, no, nobody this time. Oh, man, that's awful. Well, I got new, good news for Philadelphia. Uh, Todd Glass is going to be performing at the Helium Comedy Club next week, Wednesday, November 26th, Friday, November 28th, and Saturday, uh, November 29th, heliumcomedyclub.com for tickets. He is Philadelphia's favorite son, the one and only Todd Glass. How are you, Todd? That's a hell of an intro. I appreciate it, but i got to tell you, I feel bad for Shelby here. And he's like, so, it's like, what are you doing? Nothing. I'm just going to sit get, around the house. Todd, it gets even worse. His dad died two weeks ago. Jesus, you have to. You know, the only time that I'm glad that my dad died is when someone tells me their dad died. I know I don't have to go into a panic. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I used yeah. to be somewhere and I would ask somebody, because if somebody asks me how my dad is and I go, oh, actually, my dad died, I don't, I don't get sad. I, you right. know, I don't even mind talking about my dad. But before, I would be like, I would talk, like, if I said to somebody, uh, hey, you know, something about their dad and they said he died, I would talk nonstop for an hour thinking <laughs> I was using this. Oh, that's really good. I was going to go to Philadelphia, but I didn't know what to do. Is there Wawa? They're good. Why weren't Wawa's everywhere else? I mean, it's weird because I think they might go to New York City, New York City. You know, people say you wouldn't want to live in New York City, but it's fun to visit New York City. It's disgusting good energy. I know it sounds so stereotypical, but it really is. I love to get in there late at night and you can just go in and you can go out to eat, but it's really fun. Anyway, but with Christmas coming up, it gets a little cold at it, and I'm like, da 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 so, so they either passed out and then I didn't have to deal with it. Your way of dealing with a social anxiety is to fill every moment with your own rambling thoughts until everyone else is confused. Uh, well said, but uh, maybe, maybe I'll stop doing that. It's well, no, I think it's I think it's a I think it's a blessing that you have those skills. I wish I could do it. I wish I could just throw as much stuff out there till no one else remembered what we said before I started talking. It's almost like the only thing I could add to that was carry around a lazy Susan and put them on it and just start spinning them around. <laughs> Now, Todd, uh, your home, Thanksgiving in Philadelphia, the Eagles are playing the Cowboys on Thanksgiving Day. Are people even going to be looking at anything but that? Well, there's no show on Thanksgiving. Yeah. So, yeah, you know, whenever I go to a city that, like, 
that the show is a little dead. I think what they do a lot of times is they blame something else, even though if that wasn't going on, it would still be dead. Like, I'll be in Minnesota. They'll be like, yeah, there's a rodeo in town. Hey, there's not 300 people in town that don't want to go to the rodeo. <laughs> 300 people. That's all I need. Out of the whole goddamn city, I'm looking for 300 people to come to my show. No, no, that really... Well, and maybe I, I, I got no ending for this concept that I'm talking about. No, I, I, I actually have had a club and have lied to people about... I actually said to the late, great Soupy Sales, Saturdays have been a struggle. I said to him, because... <laughs> I'm losing money, and I felt bad for him. And he was Aww. sitting. He was sitting in a dressing room with a portable, like Broadway thing with the lights around it that oh, he had God. taken out of his suitcase. And he was sitting in his boxer shorts, so he didn't, you know, muss up his pants. And I knew that it was basically an empty club. That's so sweet of you. Here you are. You're losing money, but you're like you don't want to. You know, you, it, it, like in a college, they'll do stuff like that. They're like, "Well, there's a test today, so that'll probably <laughs> eat into all your sales." Oh, thinking of traveling with that portable thing like that—that's almost adorable. Not only that, but and this is old school class. He didn't want to go to the bathroom and walk through the club where he would be seen because it was more exciting for people to see him. So we asked for an ice bucket filled with ice to piss in. Are you kidding me? No, pure class. Well. <laughs> <laughs> The guy really in class. He wouldn't be. Yeah, the, well, you know, my friends used to tell me that too. Like when I would sit in the crowd and have dinner with friends, and they'd be like, "Doug, you can't, um, you know, sit in the audience when the audience files in." And I get what they mean. There is something, but I go, "Why don't I save that for when I really can't?" Like I get if, like, you know, uh, Louis C.K. or Jerry Seinfeld. They no, they can't sit in the crowd. But you know, until I can, some people would say it's a little different. They they notice you're eating dinner, and maybe that's. Oh, cool. There he is. He's eating dinner right over there. I, I gotta wait. I can't sit in that green room for, you know, I go bored out of my goddamn mind. You gotta be with the people. Although I don't like. <laughs> yes, I, I try to. I, I'm a man of the people. You hear me? You people. <laughs> I didn't know if you're allowed to curse. So yeah, you are. Myself. Oh, that's fun. Yeah. <laughs> Say, there you go. You've done it. But, uh, yeah, but I'm excited about Philadelphia. If I live in Philadelphia, it's helium. Nah, nobody cares. Nobody mm. cares. Well, Phil Philadelphia was your town. It's always been a great town for people going out. And they never forget you once you're from there. People love the fact. Be like People from Philly, they're like, I love Hall and & Oates. And I'm like, how come? And they go, because they're from Philly. <laughs> you know, it matters to them. Yeah, it does, and it's and, and it and it's, it works to my advantage there because it is fun to come home to your hometown. And uh, you know what else is fun? That Philadelphia might have a rep for being, uh, you know, that people, you know, the fans, the sports are dumb or this. But you know what I noticed? It, it's what you draw. And when I was touring around and I came in there with like David Cross or or Louis C.K. or you know Sarah Silverman, I was always hoping the crowds wouldn't be you know dumb or whatever, and they weren't. Every time, not only weren't they, they were really smart and even where, you know, they would be like, man, that was a fun show. And I thought, maybe because that's what they draw. So I, I think it just matters what you draw because I've noticed at Helium, like those crowds have been just awesome. And I think 
helium trains them well, and they, they you know, they, the crowds act accordingly. So it, I do like to go home, and Thanksgiving will be fun. I can go to my mom's house and hear a parrot squawk. <laughs> she teaches it to say stuff. Oh, go ahead. Todd Glass, he's going to be at Helium Comedy Club in Philly. That's next week on Wednesday, Friday, and Saturday. That's Wednesday the 26th, Friday the 28th, November 29th. HeliumComedyClub.com for tickets. Todd, is there anything that you have to do once you get home? Is there something that, like, every time that you're back home you want to do? Well, um, I, you know, believe it or not, I still look forward to going to Wawa. Uh, I don't know if your listeners know what Wawa is. Have you? Do you know what Wawa? Oh, of is? course, I know what Wawa is. It's 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 such a thing. And every time I ask people, oh, why aren't there Wawas everywhere? They go because they're regional. I go, that's what I'm asking. <laughs> you idiot. It's like saying, why isn't there a mall over there? I go, oh, because there isn't a mall over there. Um, but. I do love to go to Wawa. I don't know what it is. I should be their spokesperson because everything's great when you're at a Wawa. All troubles subside. Everyone's nice. They open the door for each other. And then there's 7-Eleven, and I think their 7-Eleven, their motto could be, their commercials could be, 7-Eleven, we're open. <laughs> what else do you want? Should we smile when you come in? Oh, I'm sorry. Should we smile when you come in, Your Majesty? You know, it's very, uh, very, like, I don't know. I don't know how 7-Eleven stays open, but I love that they're open. Because I would never luck out if I had a business like that. You know, the story would be, hey, what happened to that store Todd opened up, the 7-Eleven stores? Oh, they were filthy, dirty, shitty customer service, and they went out of business. But somehow 7-Eleven makes it work for them. But that, and I'll go to I'll go to Pat's and get a cheesesteak. I don't want to tell you my, well, I will tell you. I go to Pat's. And if I'm with somebody new that's never been to Pat's or Gino's, um, I'll go Pat's first, then Gino's, and then whichever we like best, we go back to that one and have a half. So we have two and a half steak sandwiches. So this is something you do every time that you bring a every new person in. Time. Yeah. Every time. If I'm not with somebody new, I just uh, get two. <laughs> <laughs> Well, they claim that's the best thing for your heart, isn't it? Cheesesteak? Yeah, that is they do. <laughs> it, 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 it helps. It curbs my appetite, as my dad once said when he was eating cookies before dinner. Huh? <laughs> I swear to God, that's a true story. When I was like 14 years old, my dad was eating cookies out of, like, I remember he was eating like seven cookies and whatever. It was a lot. Like, I saw them on a dish. And my mom goes, Paul, we're eating dinner in, a tw- in 20 minutes. He goes, it helps curb my appetite. <laughs> <laughs> Todd Glass, good to talk to you again, buddy. HeliumComedyClub.com for tickets. Uh, coming back to Philadelphia Wednesday, November 26th, Friday, November 28th, and Saturday, November 29th. And Todd, I hear from people all the time about how great you were on that Unmasked. So many people love that. So I appreciate, again, you doing that hour with us. That was fantastic. Yeah, you know what, uh, and I, I know we're going now, but I, I got a really a lot of feedback, and that was very cathartic even for me to do. You, I, I was so comfortable, and I really feel like I got a lot out that I don't normally get to talk about, and uh, it, sometimes that cleans things up in my head. I, I really enjoyed that interview. I, I, I wanted to let you know that. It was, uh, it was very enjoyable. Thank you so much, my friend. Uh, Ron White is going to be on this uh, Friday with me uh, on that. So thanks a lot again, Todd. We'll talk to you soon, all right? All right, cool. Thanks Take care, my man.
Really, really funny guy. It was an hysterical unmask that he did with us when he said cathartic. He basically was just both barrels for what an else? hour. And it is so, there's some people that no matter where they go, like it, that was a tough one for me just to keep it together because I just wanted to do one of those screaming. <laughs> Laughing, yell, and just falling off the chair. That was the toughest thing. Ron White is uh, this week, so we'll play a little clip of that uh, later on for you today, as well as uh, his buddy who was with him, Vic Henley, is going to be here a little later on in today's show. Very, very funny man. And Vic Henley is uh, going to be in Cincinnati over Thanksgiving. You know, these things with these comics going out for, you know, Thanksgiving, you think it sounds sad, but Shelby's is the the saddest, I think. The, the alone boy at Thanksgiving. It gets weird. He didn't want to go to Florida with me. I didn't even know that you guys were talking. I thought you were in a situation where you haven't been talking in a while. We hadn't talked in a while, but when he first came back... Um, from Pittsburgh, I had thrown that out there to him, but he... Because he knew that he'd have to share a bed once he got back to your mom's house. Are you staying with your mom or your sister? I believe I'm staying... That hasn't been decided yet, but I think I'm staying with my mother. Oh. Mm. And where are you having Thanksgiving? At her house. Mm. Because the uh, daughter, the 30-year-old granddaughter's pregnant. The 30-year-old granddaughter's pregnant, so she doesn't want to walk through that threshold. Doesn't, pregnant and unmarried. Doesn't want to have the... Uh, is she going to be mean to the bastard baby? I hope not. I've seen her be mean to bastard babies that weren't in the family before. What? Well, it, Yeah, she does that. She's the church secretary, and one illegitimate child's mother tried to get the baby baptized, and she led the campaign against it. Will there be a campaign against getting her granddaughter baptized? Um, I yeah, there would if if the if they want to have that baby baptized, my mother would try to stop it. Will other people there try to stop it if your mother doesn't? Um, I think, no, I think she tries to organize it, but I don't know, like, she goes to the pastor about it, but I don't think she has a big, you know, uh, crowd with torches behind her to back her up on these things. Did the bastard baby before get baptized? Yeah, that baby ended up getting baptized, yeah. yeah. so it's no big deal. Everything works out, I like to say. Anyway, I think his mom was bluffing about not going to the Thanksgiving dinner, if they were had it at the uh, bastard child's mom's house. I would have said, look. That bastard child's um, a mom is uh, my niece. I'm going. Easy as that. Easy peasy lemon squeezy. And if you don't like it, I'll see you back here later for turkey sandwiches and some leftover pumpkin pie. First, I'm going to have some cookies to curb my appetite. We learned that today. Love the Todd Glass. Oh, he's great. Anytime we bring up Todd Glass's name, we, the rest of us should say, Love the Todd Glass. Love the Ron White, too, by the way. This is going to be a great unmasked. Um, don't we, since none of us are going to be, would you take Shelby with you out to Strong Island? No. Shelby's not coming with me. Who do we know that's going to be in the, in the city? I've never spent one Thanksgiving in the city. Really? Yeah, I got to go to my parents' house. It's the one day of the year that they ask for the whole family to be together. Let's see. Well, Pierre Laurie's in Jersey. 
Trying to think anyone who's actually having it in the city. Most people, you know, even like when you look at the parade people, they're from outside the city. That's Jersey people who come over. Are you doing this kind of out of spite because your dad died? Because I remember, Chris, when your mom died, you just said you wanted to sit not see anybody. That was spite. That was yeah. spite time. And I remember, what did we say? We'd give you one year? No, I gave you two years. Yeah, I took two off. I said, when the second one, I go, okay, I'm going to listen to you. But after this, you got to find something to do. Me and Johnny Walker are going to have a great old time. But hey, that was two years. I was done with it. Is that what you're doing, Shelbs? No, not really. I mean, just go out all the way to Oregon just for Thanksgiving. I mean, I'll get out of the house. Maybe just get stoned and go see the Hunger Games. I'll do something. I'm not going to be inside all day. Are you going to have some Johnny Turk? Sure, I'll buy some Johnny Turk. It's just that we feel like it's a family day. And when someone's alone, it kind of makes you feel a little sad for them. It's a sad time. Yeah. I mean, look, I, I, I went through it. I experienced it. I wasn't just getting stoned, though. I got really ripped drunk. Yeah. Well, I'm going to agree with you. I mean, if you're going to do something like that, you got to get blackout. <laughs> yeah. Waste it. <laughs> I remember the first year, I've, I polished off a bottle of Johnny Walker Black and then stumbled to the uh, supermarket drunk and then bought like a bunch of like really bad steaks and then cooked them. John of Virginia, you're on the run of Fez show. Hey, guys. Hasn't Shelby already gone to a Watley family function with Fez as his beau before? Yeah, he, when your family came to Thanksgiving. That was how last come, year. How come they came here last year? It was uh, to see the Macy's Parade. Yeah, but was it to dive something else in Florida? Um, No, it was just let's... My something father wasn't around, do. so let's just do something different. Your dad was keeping them from seeing the Macy's Day Parade all that time? Oh, my dad was the king of Thanksgiving. And how was uh, how was the Watley family to you, Shelby? Well, he's saying how evil his mom is, but she couldn't have been more like nicer. Just think of a sweet old lady. That's Fez's mom. I have known her my I'd say Fez's whole adult life, and I've never seen her do anything but be nice ever. Not even a, there wasn't even a glare or like that like undertone of meanness. I was actually even with her when um, uh, Fez's uh, the night that Fez's dad passed away and I was at, with them at the hospital and I'm sitting there and I mean you know you couldn't think of a mo much more horrific night they were married how many years 55 55 years and his mom turns to me and goes well I guess this starts a new chapter in my life. I go, what? I go, all your other chapters were dull. This is going to be even more. I go, you took the only colorful person out of your story out. But I mean, I was like, I, I remember thinking to myself, what a positive person. You hear all this shit from Fez over the years. And quite frankly, Fez, and I don't want you to take that as an insult, but it is shit. The stories you tell are absolute lies. No, I told you about the illegitimate baby at the church. Yeah, but I don't think... That, that you that, tried to stop from getting into heaven. I don't think that that's true. I think that you make up stories. So, she the other day, she took a giant tumble. I thought you were going to say shit. I was so nervous. <laughs> I'm sure that me. happened as well. Mm. So, uh, she busted up her jaw and her arm. So, Why are you telling this like it's a happy thing? So now we're go we're just going to have Thanksgiving at her house. Making her cook? No, we'll, we'll cook and bring stuff, but she doesn't want to move around a lot. 
Uh, Glenn, Boston, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, Ronnie B. Thanks, yeah. thanks. Oh, buddy. Um, hey, Fez, I was wondering if you could please let the audience know what it was that you were so upset about your father after he had died, the information that you had learned. I, I never did get the, the end story on that. Uh, we talked about my problems with my father, but oh, we didn't say what it was. He had an outside family? Um, no, it wasn't an outside family. So my money was on. No, it was just some financial things. He left my, uh, some financial straits he left my mother in. So is that, are you still mad at him? Um. Yeah, I remember you said you used to be angry with him. Yeah, I was, I'm still, there's things where I still get angry with him, and I just have, I, I still have dreams about him, and they're very angry dreams. Like, he's very angry in them. You had those right after he died, too. You said he was yelling at you. Yeah, yeah. He was just screaming at me in those dreams. They went away for a while, and then, like, recently they've come back. What's he saying to you in your dreams? Uh, that it's time for me to die. That it's time for me to go be with him <laughs> in death. Jesus. He's very adamant about it. It happens maybe twice a week. Do you, what, do you ever figure out that you're dreaming? Um, I do when I wake up, you know, not, not, not during the dream, not during the dream. No. And in the dream, he's dead. He's just coming back to visit. Mm. So for a guy who says he's an atheist, subconsciously, you believe that there's an afterlife. Subconsciously, he's back constantly. Is he like, does he look okay? Or is he like, he looks great. Tattered clothes or kind of green looking he looks like my dad from like 30 or 40 years ago so you kind of believe that it is him no i think it's just i think it may be health things that play into my mind and that's what the that's how they end up being represented i i don't think he still exists anywhere on any plane well, even if there is no afterlife, I'm sure he's still disappointed in you. Yeah. That's hard to pull off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> even an atheist would say, God hates you, Fez. You must have a lot of guilt then, huh? I, Carrying on with this. I guess so. I mean, I don't, I don't know whether it's guilt or uh, just a fear of death. Why that, do you have a fear of death? You don't even enjoy life. I don't know. It's like um, I had those death dreams before the first heart attack, where they were happening almost every other night, mm-hmm. and like that. And I kept getting told. I think it was October twenty eighth of that year. I was going to die for October twenty sixth, and I ended up having the heart attack on November tenth. And in the dream, he was one of the people coming to me, telling me I was going to die. He'd already been dead then. Nope, he was still alive at that point. This isn't making sense. Fuzz, you seem like you do more when you're sleeping than when you do when you're awake. It's not restful. Did your mom ask if you were bringing Shelby since you tried to act like he was your twink lover last year? No, that didn't come up. She didn't ask. God, Fuzz, you looked so much younger last year. I was a little meatier back then, I think. All that CrossFit's really paid off. Ball monster. 
Chris, you're on the Run and Fez show. Go ahead, Chris. Yeah, Shelby, you might think that Fez's mom is a nice lady, but you were lucky to get out of there with your fucking wallet. She stole Ron's umbrella years ago. He still hasn't fucking got it back. She's a grifter. That's true. She's like Danny Ocean. <laughs> the Watley 11. And this is our first fucking crew. Watley is 11. <laughs> As the crew. <laughs> we need a twink. <laughs> He's the Asian acrobat. Someone with wed mother. <laughs> and then that aunt, none of us know. Kind of, I felt like ruined the night. Yeah, she was the outsider. <laughs> like Scott she was Hall. pony boy. <laughs> I went for literary outsider. <laughs> you went back to wrestling. So Thanksgiving at, uh, in Florida, huh? Yeah. What time you open up the can of turkey? <laughs> we have to take it out from under the couch. It's it's there in case uh, that floods. Oh, you love going back to that bit. Tell everybody about that again, Fess. With the cans. Um, we used to um, put the furniture up on cans uh, <laughs> when it would rain hard in case the house flooded yet again. I feel like it would be weird to have Thanksgiving dinner in, like, the heat. Like, I feel like it has to be a little... Like, I know the entire fucking half of the country is warm out for Thanksgiving. Well, not this year. That fucking Arctic thing is cold uh, up the whole country. But you are right that if you pay attention to, like, the Thanksgiving specials, like, what Thanksgiving looks like and what you're taught in school Thanksgiving looks like... Only is for people in the Northeast. Yeah. And the White Christmas is always about a Northeast Manhattan Christmas. It's great. Yeah. Like, kids down south are like, what do you mean, let it snow? Why are we singing this? We're living in tropics. Because it's Christmas, stupid. <laughs> okay? Snow happens now. Too bad you live in this shitty fucking south. You know whoever never saw Christ? Who's that? I mean, never saw snow? Christ. He never saw... He didn't even know it was a concept. <laughs> How terrible. I mean, even being God's son, you think he would have at least dropped that knowledge in his brain. No, he didn't even... You, you would have thought he could have just said to those people, by the way, there's a couple other continents. The Incas are over there right now as we speak. This place is a lot bigger than you people think. <laughs> oh, and it's not flat. It's... <laughs> and it's not even round. <laughs> it's a sphere. Uh, a rock covered in dirty moss that floats through space. Oh, space? Yeah, that's where we're actually <laughs> in. And there's other planets. All, are you just too much planets. for you? <laughs> I gotta go to there next. <laughs> like, he didn't say that any of that. Like, you know, just like being on the mounts, he could have went, oh, another thing. There used to be dinosaurs around here for a billion years. He could have taken that chance to really educate the people of, of the goddamn Middle East. God would have gone with him, but he was saying, like, no, I like the seasons too much, and Jesus is all about that dry heat. What's he talking about? God I don't know what that is. Him. God would have gone with him. To Earth. <laughs> to Earth. I mean to Earth. You know, 
What we're on now? God's not on Earth. He's up in space. He's not Jarrell. The last person that should talk science or religion is you, because you're insane. Everyone knows God's in an alternate dimension. Um, David, David in Tennessee, you're on the Running Fest show. Try again. Go ahead, David. Hey, can you hear me? Yeah, I don't yeah. understand, Shelby. I mean, I have a family I love and loves me. I'd send every one of them to the Golden Corral for a chance to spend a Thanksgiving with Fed's family. Just to see what goes on in that household. I can't even imagine. It'll be like being with Daniel Boone and his family. Is Corky going to be there? He'll be dropping his fucking elbow <laughs> on the can of turkey. Look what it is. It's Chicago Janice. Hey, darling. Hey, sweetie. Uh, how are you? Good. You know, I, uh, I'm going to be by myself with stupid Shelby, and I can't, he can't get over here. <laughs> Shelby ought to go to Chicago. It's nice this time of year. Gee. Yeah. <laughs> it's beautiful this time of year in Chicago. <laughs> Shelby, are you feeling sorry for yourself at Thanksgiving, or are you cool with it? I'm cool with it. Just shit happens. You can come down to the Chesapeake Bay with me and my family. Oh, that would be so cool. Yeah. I'll take him out fucking hunting and he won't come back. (laughs) (laughs) I'll go, all right, I'll go. I'm going to take Shelby out. Um, I'll call you. I'm going to listen close when you hear me screaming. There's been a horrible accident. (laughs) Where'd his face go? Yeah. Uh, no, Shelby, you can't borrow that coat from me. I want to keep it. <laughs> <laughs> can't ruin that one. Why don't you put on an old Target jacket? <laughs> Janice, you got nobody to be with for Thanksgiving? Well, I do, but I'm choosing to not to. <laughs> you know, it's so funny, too, because when we were younger, it'd be like, oh, Christ, we just want to, like, to stay home for Thanksgiving, not have to go to all the families. Yeah. And then as time went on and people moved and shit, I was like, really? We're not going anywhere? No one's coming over? <laughs> so. I know. People didn't used to move. Although, you know what I mean? Like, people would live very tightly to where they were born. And, you know, like I guess since, like, the 60s or 70s, once airlines started to become normal, everyone's like, why would I live around here? No matter where they were born. <laughs> I mean, you've got to be a loser to be Chris, like Chris Stanley. What? And never, you've never moved in your life. <laughs> no, that's right. I live in New York. I live where all the action happens, all right? People come here, okay? <laughs> People come to Astoria, Queens. You know, it's very funny. I saw a thing in a cab where they're going... Uh, I think it's called NYC Go, where they're trying to tell you to do stuff in New York like the tourists do. They're like, tourists come here and go to museums, but you fuckers won't. No. I haven't been to a museum in a while. Yeah, probably since you were in school. I've never been to Statue of Liberty. Now you ain't missing nothing there. Right? It's just, yeah. I've seen a picture. Yeah. To me, it seems like it's a bowling pin. <laughs> Last night when I was having, I was out having supper, and I, I suddenly thought of driving Miss crazy, and I just Uncle Tanoosed my water across the table. I'm so funny. Paulo's new screenplay. Well, Jan, yeah, I want to have Paul's. Do we get a hold of him right now while we have a chance? Maybe uh, he needs a place uh, to, to go for Thanksgiving. Oh. 
get him and Fezzi back together. No way. I contacted him the other day. His homeless thing is starting now. Uh, and it's cold down there now, too. Oh, it's freezing. My mother and father-in-law have their heat on, which is something they never do. <laughs> yeah, the heat in Florida doesn't even work. <laughs> there's too much moisture, right? It's so moist that once it gets cold, it's like some kind of freezing napalm is stuck to you. Oh, nasty. Yeah. Nasty. Yes. Oh, no, no, I don't want that. Ladies and gentlemen, here's the weather. Uh, sticky cold napalm. <laughs> What are the football games? I know the Eggs are playing that day. What else is going on? You know, I don't know. You got the Detroit game. <laughs> Who are they playing? Detroit. All right, we got uh, Bears at Lions. We That's are? a good game, yeah. So you got the ball game, honey. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> Changes That's everything, good. right? There it is, 11.30. Yeah. And then Eagles at Cowboys. Well, I thought they took that away from us years ago. Yeah, you got it back. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. The night game is Seahawks at 49ers. Well, now for sure I'm happy I'm staying home. Yeah, it's three good games. Yeah, cool. I'll be watching, you know, my tapes of The Walking Dead, but still. Don't do that. Yeah. <laughs> it's not a fun show. Are you kind of bummed out if you get drafted by one of those teams? Like, if things go well, I won't spend Thanksgiving <laughs> with my family for 12 years. I think it'd be worse to be drafted by the Army. <laughs> <laughs> That's the only draft I would hate. Other than that, but you're like, yeah, I'll go play for you. Sure, okay. I'm a lion yeah. now. Hey, Stafford's a quarterback. So we got a chance. Uh, see, that's the thing. On the East Coast, everyone does football games. Every high school does them. Um, and then I remember, like, you would go to the ball game, right? Watch Chai kick the dog shit out of Sun Valley. Everybody would be going fucking crazy. And then you would come home and smell t- uh, turkey. When you came into the house, it was magic. It was like magic. I mean, look, the Lions are playing at twelve thirty. They'll be home neat in no time. I never wanted to watch a pro game. I wanted to watch the locals. All right, Janice, talk to you later, sweetie. I'm glad we okay. fixed Thanksgiving for you. You got a Bears game. <laughs> Yay! Woo-hoo. Bye, honey. Love you guys. Thanks. I mean, call Paul, out, you like some movie? Paul, you like some movie? How are you? Good, man. Uh, Paul, out, what's the story with you? Well, right now I'm cleaning up the house, and I'm out today. Why are you cleaning it up? Well, it's kind of an arrangement. I'm getting a few bucks. I mean, it's, it's I have to clean up my stuff and put it in storage, and so I'm just kind of making the whole thing presentable because I'm that kind of guy. Are you going to come stay with Fez? Is that the deal? I uh, I haven't spoken to Fez. He's right here. You're not coming I, to live with me. There you go. There's the answer. He's homeless, Fez. Go live with that guy you gave ten thousand dollars to, or get the ten grand back from that guy. Hey, as I said, you know, uh, life is short, and um, I only wish the best for everyone. Oh, that's really nice. That's classy. What's happening with your movie career and your video career? Well, we're working on it, but as you know, we're little guys, and and we're just hoping for a break. We're working hard, we're writing a lot of scripts, and we're hoping one of them will snag. Fez, if one of these fucking scripts pay off, you'd be the producer, executive producer. None of this is going to pay off. We all saw Gap, and what a disaster that was. Gap was a fine movie. Not according to Louis C.K. Well, listen, I mean, Fez is clearly, uh, thinks I'm a horrible person. 
So uh, there's nothing I can do for him. Does this? I know you take this attitude on the air. And then write shitty things about me behind my back. So go, I haven't even. So I, go I, ahead and do your act you, where everyone I thinks I'm a horrible person, and you're the great guy who I should uh, get built money from. Look, I've I've done the show almost as long as you have, and yet I've done it out of love and loyalty alone. I have not gotten the big bucks that you have. So there's nothing else to say. That's not my fault. I understand it's not your fault. Fine, great. But the fact is, you should be doing better than you are, and I wanted to help you, and that's all. No, you didn't. You wanted didn't to get money. You. No. He did want to help you, Fez. It was all the guys. It was all just hey, a sham all, to get money out of me. We're all just guys, Fez. You're not going to get around that. We're I'm all a just dude. a bunch of guys. I'm a dude. But this is the start of the season of giving, all right? Thinking I'm not about, giving him shit. I've given him enough, and thinking he, about your fellow man. He gives all his stuff away. I don't have any problem. You know, any problem with him going and staying with that guy? As I said, says it was a simple thing. You were not doing well. I was trying to help you. you no, you weren't. You were trying to. You were trying to say things nasty about me behind my back. I want to discuss it with you because I understand you. Think you're great, and I'm a piece of shit. I got it. I don't have to. I don't think I'm great, but I do think you're a piece of shit. Well, there you go. He's not. He's not a piece of shit. Why don't you take him in then, Chris? I don't have the room. Neither do I. Well, you says you definitely don't have room. That's true. Yeah, but you guys were going to move into Brooklyn, remember? I'm not moving anywhere with him. I don't want anything to do with him. What about this? What if Sponge Steve writes, Paulo could stay at Fez's place in the city while Fez is in Florida for Thanksgiving? No, nope, not letting him, not letting the uh, King of the Vampires in my door. Look, it was a simple thing. I was trying to get ways to motivate Fez to be the old Fez. He thinks I'm stabbing him in the back because I would have discussions with Ron about it. No, uh, when you, you would, we would have discussions, me and you, off the air, where you would get pissed that I wasn't giving you money. That I wasn't. What the fuck are you talking about? Where you were pissed what that, that I wasn't financing your fucking uh, movie pipe dreams. No, no, you know, this is a conversation you made up in your mind. I never got pissed. Go ahead about and lie it. about it. Yes, you were furious. I'm a, what are you talking about? The only one who gets furious right now is you and me, and so I have to respond. You're the one but screaming, not me. I, mean, I certainly didn't expect anything from you, money-wise. I was, I was actually just trying to figure it out. Ron was suggesting a few things. I didn't. I just said whatever. You know, I mean, you I don't, did I not. Aren't we all worried that, that Paulo's moving out today and he's got nowhere to be tonight? I'm not. He's got money. This sounds like Ebenezer Scrooge to me. That's what already, he wants people to think. Sure, but you're already being visited by people when when you dead people when you sleep, Fuzz. This is Scrooged happening. I got the war into the deal because I really constantly saw problems, and I just every once in a while says, "Well, I can fix those problems," but Fed doesn't want to fix the problems. He really doesn't. He doesn't have to. He's in a good situation. He's in the catbird seat, as they say. That's fine. As I say, I'm not the one bringing this up. 
because I know it's a it's a lost cause. Hmm. I mean, I'd be happy to help if he would just. You're not happy to help. You don't want to help me. I absolutely You just did. want money out of me, and it's not I happening. Did. Would this be better if we took a vote? Chris, what do you vote for? I vote for him to take and help out Polo. I, Fez needs a- I vote for Chris to do it. Shelby, what do you vote for? At least have him stay in your apartment while you're in Florida. That's no that way. That doesn't hurt anybody. It hurts me. I don't want him around. I don't want him around my stuff. Look, the simple fact is, I simply was trying to help. Fez no, you weren't. That I'm a bad guy because I'm talking about him behind his back. But nothing I said wasn't clearly obvious. And, friends, I've been doing this for so many years. Yes, we know. You've said that so many years. I'm the the guy who's who's trying to steal your money. I'm not the one who's falling apart over the last few years. Okay? Mentally and physically. And that's legitimate. I didn't say I wasn't, asshole. What? I didn't say I wasn't. I didn't say, I've yes, never said I don't I have agree. problems. You're saying, Fez, really, you think you're so honestly, great. I've never said I'm so fucking great. This is listen, just you trying to spin stuff on the air opposite of what you do off the air. Listen, you're not a good all, person to me. Isn't there a chance I, that you guys could all, get into a I'm bit? kind of at the stage where I, I've given all these years, and it's like, I know nobody gets it to a certain degree. And you know what? Funny thing is, least of all you. But here's the thing. I don't care. If you guys got into a business together, you both make big money off of it, and it would be win-win. There's no way any business of his is getting off the ground. Do you know that when you talk like this, it sounds like the way that you describe your mom? No, I didn't realize that. Yeah. How about helping this guy a little bit? Two of you putting your heads together. I'm not helping him. He doesn't want to help me. I don't want... He's a backstabber. He's a Judas. I don't want anything to do with this clown. Why would an atheist bring up Judas? He's a famous betrayer. Hmm. Yeah, if someone brings up... God meant for Judas to betray Jesus. It was part of God's plan. Benedict Arnold would make more sense. You know? Yeah, Benedict Arnold would have made sense. But yeah, you could not have had the story without Judas. Judas played a part in the passion play. I am very happy to help Fez, but I obviously... No, you're not. Quit repeating yourself. I'm completely turned off with his behavior. Because honestly... Good, leave me alone. Fez, I would be ashamed of myself. Oh, yeah. You're not ashamed of yourself shitting away all your money on some loser who who said he was going to get a movie produced for you? I never had it easy my entire life. I had all sorts of things that I always gave to people, and unfortunately it always backfired on me. Well, your scheme against me backfired too, so just add that to the list. There you go, obviously. Because all I need you to understand is you could be easily fixed, but it's no, there's no motivation on your part to fix yourself because you really You're certainly have not everything it. you need. You're not coming to my house. I'm not giving you any money. Well, first of all, 
I don't know why I'm, I mean, I'm getting involved with this whole, you should give me money. I don't know why you should give me money. I think you are someone who should earn your own money. And Fuck I don't know you. who you are. You have nothing to do with that shit. So stay out of my fucking life and no, my business. I only hear it from everyone. Then go talk to everyone. Don't talk to me. You, you piece of shit. Fez. Why don't you go I murder another wife help. and collect some insurance money, you asshole? As I said, I didn't want to get in the middle of this. I was trying to help. What happened is you, in your rampant paranoia, as usual, turn on everyone. Just you. Oh, just me. Fez, who used, to call, who used to call you a piece of shit? My mother. I'm telling you, when you get like this, it's, you're like your mom. Why don't you guys just work this thing out? Polo, today's your last day, and then right. you're homeless, right? Yeah, I mean, I'm living a day by day right now. I just got to figure things out. And Fez, you said you were looking for somebody to help out a little bit. No. Get you back on your feet. Not looking for this guy. I, This disaster. Maybe I'm crazy, but it seems like you both could get something from each other. I mean, Chris, Look, does that sound nuts? It sounds totally coherent to me. It, it, it sounds like they need each other. This, this would never happen unless management made it happen. I can't may, ever make Fez do anything at this point because he thinks I'm some horrible monster. I would Fez, any way that we could get you and uh, Paulo and Don to sit down and talk? Nope. I'll talk with Don. I'm not talking with Paulo. I think Don could probably pull this together right now. He probably could. You'd be willing to do it, Paul. I, I would be willing to do it, absolutely. And I realize then you'll be sitting in a room point, by yourself. At well, this Don's point, be there. it would be a very hard road. But the fact is, is that at least he's motivated to yell at me. That's true. Yeah, because you're sitting there lying about me. No, it's not because you. You're lying about everything you tried to pull with me, so that I look like the dick. Nice job. I'm sure you pulled truth. it off. Your Thanksgiving dream has come true. That's not the truth. What happened is things are happening in your life constantly for years now, and I somehow got a little bit involved because I know you for so long and tried to help. And it, as you say, you got very paranoid and everything got out of control. That's how you started. And then you started getting mad at me every phone call because I wasn't giving you money. That you weren't getting paid for these shitty phone calls you make to the show. It does get a little redundant, right? Very much. Um, I always look for a new thing then. All yeah, right, Paul. I don't think... If I ever said that, I never said it to you. Yes, you did. I might have did. said it on the air once or twice. You would get furious I with me. I never said it in a conversation with you. Yes, you did. You would get furious with me about it. No, Selective I memory? Furious. As a yeah, matter of fact, big. every time I called you, that's the last thing I did was get furious. I was always trying to be happy and supportive. And no nice. way. Yes, keep spinning this story. And don't you two see that you love each other? I can't stand God, yes. him. No one brings you out of your shell the way he does. You've spoke more today than you have the last four weeks put together. I'm sure if I was uh, with him, I'd end up with a pillow over my face, uh, just like his first wife. Look, are you... Felix Unger and I'm Oscar Madison. Is that what we're saying? That's what it's feeling like to me. No. They were a what kind of couple? 
They were odd. Yeah, an odd couple. And you know why they felt that way? Because they were in love. Yeah, that was it. It was always that homosexual subtext to that show. Remember, the only kind of big gay experiences you ever had, Fez, is when Paul took you out. Look, Fez, stop being angry. That's the point. If you're worried about the money, then let Don work it out. I'm not going to get in the middle of this anymore. I'm happy to help you, but you obviously have to stop getting angry. And you say you don't get angry at anyone. You get angry at a lot of people. Maybe I get angry at the people who feel entitled. But that's the point. I'm not entitled. Here's Brendan. Maybe he can help out. Brendan in Long Island. Hey, Ron. Hey. I just wanted to say, even if it's just for this one time, put the show before your whatever your personal comfort is that you say that you want to do. Put the show first. Let Paul move into your oh, shitty small apartment, and it'll be hilarious for the show. He's not going in. He's not coming to my house anymore. It, I've had him there, and he uh, and he stabbed me in the back. It would work for material, though, right? Look. I promise. I, I don't won't, think so. I won't be uh, there. Masturbate to transvestite porn anymore. That was fucking hilarious. They were watching Jaws two together last time. No, we weren't. Yeah, you were. You I had a lot to talk it was about. Then. Funny. I am absolutely able to do this, but I can't. Uh, there has to be a mediator. There has to be an intermediator who will who will smooth out. I, I got somebody perfect that you both trust, Chris Stanley. Chris, would you do this? I'll mediate these guys. I want to get them back together. And also, I want Paul to write up uh, his story for the iBang. That's something he was said he was going to do for a while. And uh, let's get to the bottom of that as well, because people like to catch up with him. All right, I got a break here, Paul. All right, I'm cleaning up the house. Thanks, sir. Okay, take care. Well, that might have started bad, Fuzzy, but I felt like there was a lot of common ground when you got back together. There's no common ground there. I can't stand that guy. On the common ground. Like right Boom. now, right? Yeah. Like... Uh, Todd Glass was talking about how much he enjoyed doing Unmasked and the feedback he got. Uh, let's play a little piece of Ron White. Ron White uh, talking to us. This is going to play this Friday as well as this weekend. Uh, this is Ron White, the uh, great comic on Unmasked. I don't know if you know my Robin Williams story. Not a lot of people do, but Tell I had a brief bout with sobriety a few years ago that I, <laughs> that I was able to overcome with help from my friends. And Victor, you helped me get through that, didn't you? And, and uh, this bout with sobriety started at a rehab in, uh, in uh, Malibu. And uh, I wasn't particularly good at it, you know. I was two weeks into it, you know. I was pretty. I was. I was not doing well. So they said, well, "Hey, you're having this. We're doing a special thing, Ron, for you, and uh, you're going to go have a lunch with a secret lunch." And and I'm like, "Okay." And I'm in a car by myself. They take me to the Bel Air Hotel, Robin Williams, Bobcat Goldthwait. Wow. So, yeah. those guys sat down, talked to you. Had you known them before then? No. I knew Bob, yeah, yeah, Bobcat, but not Robin, and and we didn't spend one second talking about the amazingly boring story of sobriety. We talked about jokes and comedy and stand up, and he helped me write a, a work on a bit that I was working on. We sat there and laughed for two hours, you know. And you had never met him before. Never that. met him. 
Never saw him again. So that's the kind of amazing guy that would be there for another person. Bobcat, uh, to me, is one of the great artists in yeah. this country, a great director. But what do you say that, you know, your life got to that point that here these two men would show up to be there for you? Right. Well, you know, it... Uh it showed me how much heart, that, and he, you know, and Robin, the two hours that I knew him was on the whole two hours. I mean, he was Robin Williams in character, which is all he really was comfortable doing, you know. So n- nobody really knew what was going on behind that. And I didn't even wonder or care, you know. I just thought it was amazing, you know, that this guy would come out. Nobody, he didn't know me at all. But he would come out and try to help me through this little tiny struggle that I was having. And then he took his own life, you know, and uh, it was tough, tougher than it should have been probably for me. Yeah. Just because he was so kind for no reason at all. The Ron White Unmasked will air this Friday right here on the Ron and Fez show at 2 p.m. Ladies and gentlemen, I'd like to introduce Ron and Fez on Raw Dog Comedy Hit Channel 99. When I was 13, man, start talking about weird things. No, really, stand on the corner. You know anything about Spanish fly? What? Spanish fly. It always happens when you're 13. Only when you're 13 on up to, like, when you get married. Guys stand around and talk about Spanish fly, and it never starts with one of the guys on the corner. It's always some strange 13-year-old who says, You know what? You know anything about Spanish fly? No, tell me about it. Well, there's this girl, Crazy Mary. You put some in her drink, man. She... Yeah, Spanish fly. Oh, yeah, that's really groovy, man. Spanish fly is groovy, yeah, boy. From then on, man, anytime you see a girl, What's your on Spanish fly? What Go to a party, see five girls standing alone. Boy, I've had a whole jug of Spanish fly like that corner up over there. <laughs> so I thought it only existed in Philadelphia, you know, and I'm working on I Spy, and Bob and I are working together. Sheldon Leonard comes up, says, Boys, I Spy is going to Spain. <laughs> a childhood dream come true. I said to Bob, you know, because he don't know nothing about it. I said, hey, Bob, you know what I'm going to pick up when I'm in Spain? He said, Spanish flies. I said, wait a minute, man. How'd you know about it? He said, are you kidding? There's a girl in my neighborhood in Berkeley named Crazy Mary. We gave her some <laughs> And every time he told me a story, I had heard it. Every time I told him a story, he had heard it. We all knew the same story. So I figured there's got to be a guy about 2,000 years old that looks 13 going around the world. You guys know anything about Spanish right now? So Bob and I, man, we're just singing. Gonna get some Spanish fly, Spanish fly, love it, love it. And we're riding on the plane, Spanish fly, Spanish fly. And we're getting to go through custom. This is the land of Spanish fly, Spanish fly. We get in the cab, Ryan, driver. Bob says, ask this guy if he knows where we can get some Spanish fly. I said, you know, ask the cab driver. No, ask the cab driver. He may know, man. Driver, stays in your arm. Listen, uh, you Spanish? 
decision. You're you American? Yes. You come from America? Yes. You could tell me maybe you brought with you some American fly? Wow, that sounds uh, like a bit that you don't want coming back your way. Ah, Bill. Here's a funny bit about dosing women. Put this in their drink, everybody. Ha! Get it? That way they don't even know what they're doing. Uh, guess who just walked past me in the hall, Chris? Who's that? Mr. Regis Philbin. The Reeds? Yeah, I think he's here with the Monsignor or something, huh? Yeah, I saw a big thing with Catholic Radio going on. In the but the, they invited Reeds in? Reeds is part of it? Yeah, he's very Loves Catholic. Loves the Catholics, yeah, yeah. He went to Notre Dame? Yeah. Oh, I just thought of something. Guess who's coming in? Oh. Vic Henley, remember last time he was here? Told us how much he hates the Catholics. <laughs> this is going to be awkward. Yeah, it's going to be bad. Awkward. Got to be bad. Fez, you and uh, Polo need to squash this thing once and for all. It's squashed. I don't never want to speak to him again. Completely squashed. Couples therapy. That's the way to go. You got to work through all these problems and come to a Have solution. you ever held on to any of your old friends? Are they all gone now? I still talk to Flipper. Beautiful. Fez is always going to give you the truth. He's still has Flipper. And they call him Flipper. Flipper. Give me a pound, brother man. Blow it up. Always. You're a straight shooter, Mr. Watley. No one can say that you're not. Uh, Still waiting for Vic Henley to come in. Uh, he's got a big weekend for the... Uh, he might be stuck in traffic, though, Chris, because when I came in this morning, insanity. Dave's really insanity. Sauce, yeah. Gotta figure out I'm stuck song. in traffic. I had to say to the cab driver, turn that shit off. Because I see it ticking away while we're just sitting here. I go, you shouldn't be making money for nothing. Why don't you jerk the wheel? Get on the sidewalk. Let's make you some said moves. You said you're going to get out and walk. I go, it's cold outside. <laughs> But cab driver was cold outside. Right now, that cab driver is my best friend. It's By the cool. way, I heard uh, Zito and uh, Liam gossiping. <laughs> they love the gossip. Oh, too. they do. Couple of hens. Yeah. Liam and Zito. They brought up someone's name that we all know. Really? They're saying no one gets along with that person. Wow. And I'm like, I'm just walking by. I don't hear what you're saying. I've selling. never been part of the in, in-house... Uh, Gossip. I never got the... It doesn't even interest me enough. People love it. People love doing it. Um, that's how I hear about the thing. That's how I heard about those things about Fez. I got a little uh, spy report for you. I just heard, too. Uh, there has been... Well, did you, I don't know if you watched the Steelers game, right? Yeah, you, got, yeah. you got the spy report, Fez? It was supposed to be changed, but it didn't. Supposed to be. Spy report. There it is. Spy report. There it is. That's a spy report. Uh, Labonte just got uh, released by the Steelers. Uh, you know why? He walked off the field last night because he didn't get any touches during a win. There's a picture of him after the game, and everyone like in the locker room and pads, and he's he's already he's already dressed, ready to go. 
Uh, well, you, you're a Steelers fan. I forgot about that, Shelby. You agree with this? Yeah, you, they got plenty of running backs, and you're not getting a lot of touches. Well, they have a guy running for 200 yards in that game. Of course you're not going to get any touches. You got to come up as a team player. Now, what happens? One of those romps, you go walking out pissed off, like they're not using me, and we would have won. And everyone's like, you know what? He might be right. Uh, running backs are kind of uh, fickle in the NFL these days. Guys kind of get uh, hurt constantly. And Le'Veon Bell's won his second year. Blunt's not a bad running back. Kind of weird that they released him. I know I get the shitty attitude, but they're, they're, I think they're, they're first now in their division. What if Bell gets hurt? They're, they're, they might end up wanting to have Blunt back. Yeah, but you can't uh, let a guy put himself above the team. You know what I mean? When a guy says, even though the team's winning, I don't give a shit, how's that guy good for your team? Oh, and I'm t- saying it to you, Chris, yeah. a team player. I understand that, yes, it's shitty. It, but it's in the NFL, guys go down all the time, and then they might be wanting for the running back position. All right, so if I had somebody here, and they were acting like an asshole, I could be like, yeah, but I better keep them on because Chris could go down at some point through drugs and alcohol. I'm not going down from drugs and alcohol anytime that soon. That wouldn't be the fucking point. The point was, should I put up with that shit because I don't trust in you? I think that you, that when you're trying to have a team, that sets a bad example. I'm not saying it's great what he did. Look, you love your team, right? Yes. You know that Shelby runs through the fucking walls every day. Oh, Fez yeah. Watley, you can count on him for anything, you know? Yeah. But suppose one of those guys start to slide a little bit, you know? Yeah. Put themselves above the the team. Don't you think that would be bad for us? In the long run, yeah, it would be bad. It would be real bad. Now you put it like that. There you go. It's that simple to turn your fucking pea brain around, isn't it? My tiny little fucking <laughs> caveman brain has just been... <laughs> I guess these aren't the droids I'm looking for. Go right ahead. Go on there, Ben Kenobi. And the facts of life. It's like, you got to be there for each other. Fez is there for Paulo. Mm. Shelby's there for you. Everything works out. I'm here for you. How about that? Don't I know that, bro? Don't I know that? Your drunk ass is loyal <laughs> as it could get. I'm sober right now. I'm not that drunk. You're never completely sober. Vic Henley's just texting me, freaking out. He's about to just get out of the camp. <laughs> Tell him not to worry about a thing. I text him. No worries. It's okay. Uh, Logan and Austin, you're on the Ron Fest show. Hey, boys. Uh, I was going to say, uh, I, don't, I don't know how LeBlanc ever got into the NFL in the first place. He's the guy that, uh, when he played at Oregon, fucking threw the tantrum after the game and, and clocked that one guy on the other team and then went out and started going after people in the stands. Yeah. Well... You know, he's got a little bit of temper, passion. I mean, the guy was a hell of a runner. They got a lot out of him. I know you must have liked him, Shelby. Yeah, he's great. But, you know, sit on the sidelines. I think somebody got, I mean, the 49ers took themselves out of the game because they weren't getting enough, like, touches. It's like, that's that, like, the thing people just do now. You get into, you work your whole career to get into the NFL, and then 
Like, it's a miracle you get in, and now you're just going to fuck it up for yourself? People don't see it that way, oddly enough. No one ever thinks of that kind of stuff. They're just like, me, me, me. My, my, my. Once they get to the show, right? Yeah. That's what they call it. I, if I was the coach of that team, I'd say, this is teamwork, not cream work. <laughs> and stop jerking off back there. <laughs> you consider yourself a... Uh, a team guy, huh? Yeah, that's it. Shelby, you consider yourself a team guy? Yeah. Fellas, you consider yourself a team guy? Yes. Do you consider Chris a team guy? Yes. You consider Shelby a team guy? No. Chris, you consider Fez a team guy? Mm, yeah. I'm giving that because he fucking took it forever to answer me. So that's not being a team guy, is it? That's not answering honest. That's putting yourself above the truth. Do you consider Shelby a team guy? No. He's a lone wolf. Even more so than me. Is he always already dressed and ready to leave when you guys come in with your pads after the game? I can't. I don't know how he does it so quickly, to be totally honest. Shelby, you consider Hicks a team guy? Yeah. Fez? Uh, Yeah. All right. So right now, only well, the only thing that anyone agrees on is Shelby's not a team guy. No, with Garrett Blount here. Dreadlocks and all. How come you don't consider Shelby a team guy, Chris? He's way too to himself. Because how come you don't consider him a team guy? He won't communicate with me, especially he won't communicate with Chris, and he goes off on his own where we don't know what he's working on at any moment. Mm. He really, really does keep to himself. So is he helpful or not helpful right now? Not helpful. What do you think, Chris? As of right now, no, not helpful. I want to take him under my wing. I'm going to make him the helpful guy. That's what you guys are going to start calling him, HG. <laughs> <laughs> hey, is that helpful guy coming down the hallway? I feel helped already. Well, I love it. I'd love it if I was able to call him helpful guy every day. Hmm. Are you ready to become helpful guy, Shelby? Yeah, I'm, eight, I'm HG here. Orig uh, OG. Does call it bother OG. you that the guys don't think of you as a team player, or you just think that's funny? Yeah, it bothers me. I mean, I go off on my own. You're always telling us, get... Why are you just sitting in the office? I mean, it is pretty shitty office. I just try to get out and clam Wow. Okay. I'm not not the people in it. This the uh, the actual construction of it. Sure. You're, yeah. You're 23. You got a fucking office in Midtown. Uh, yeah. Midtown. And overlooks Times Square and Broadway. Yeah, it's shitty. And this is why the biggest crap. Flair. Jesus Christ! If it's so shitty, then why don't you do something to help it instead of just sitting there and shitting on it? Is it my fault? I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm not shitting on you. I'm just saying. It's a little... I just like this... Get out. Just, Would you like a corner like, office? Should I... Where do you go, Shelby? I just go on the just the row of computers, I guess. I don't... So I'll, I'll hang... I'll be in the office more if it's a problem. Why does it bother you guys that he's just on the row of computers? Well, first of all, 
the the other day he disappeared from the office. He wasn't on the road of the computers. He wasn't in the booth. I was looking all over for him. Couldn't find him. And it's just a uh, another example of a lack of communication. Well, you get where he is. Because I'm, I'm asking him what he's working on, and I'm not hearing anything. Why don't you call him on the phone? I've done that, and I don't get an answer. I've, got, I've done the email thing, too. Are you aware of this, Shelby? I, I thought I answered phone calls, but I'll... If I get you on the phone call, you don't answer me still. He doesn't talk to you? No, no he just doesn't like to talk. In the office. It's a tough thing for a radio gig. Uh, Tom. Tom, New York City. Yeah, Ron. Fez is a HG for sure. He's a hateful guy. He hates everybody, including himself. Not Flipper. Fez already gave us the TB on that. Flipman. Still down with Flipper. What's his birthday, Fez? It was last week. Did you throw him a happy birthday on the air? No, I didn't. Oh. Damn, should have. Should have been like, happy birthday to my boy. What up, dog? Flip! Flips! You have the same problem with the Fez does? I don't mind him disappearing, because yeah. I will just email or text him with anything I need. So what's your beef with him? The non-communication, just the overall weirdness, the aloofness. But, you know, his dad passed away, too. It was like this before his dad passed away. Oh, his dad was sick. I, the, the entire He's t- been, You've been with us almost a year now, right, Shelby? Over a year. Yeah. I, I mean, as far as being an employee. Yeah. You feel like he's picked up a lot in a year? No. No, I have not. Maybe that's on me for not trying to, not teaching well enough or not. Or not. Tr- hey, if change- you think it's your fault, maybe it is. And. I think I've tried plenty of times, but I, I don't know. I don't know how often I have to blame myself before I have to fucking say, look, it's not my fault. I don't know. I'm going to agree with you. Shelby, you think, feel like you've learned a lot in here? I feel like I've learned a lot, whether, I mean... You feel I like don't... you get along with these guys and it's a good team? I, I, I feel like I get along with them every team could be better I think I'll I'll work so on. So you didn't know that these guys are bummed with you? Not as much as I they're t- saying, yeah. Mm. Buzz is being quiet. You got something to say, Chris? I don't feel like he, how he could think we're not getting along when I haven't really fucking spoken to him in two weeks. So I think he's either lying or just doesn't want to say that. I don't know what the deal is. I don't know either. He hasn't spoken to us in weeks and not even to ask why. Or if there is a if there's a problem to begin I'm with. I'm going to point out to you guys, his dad just died. Your dad died, you took three weeks off. You know what I mean? And then when you came back here, you were a wreck for a long time. You weren't the same dude. For a long time, when your dad died, his father just passed away. We tried to talk to him about that. Uh, but everyone reacts their own way. I, I, we try to talk to you every fucking day about something, you know? When your dad died, you were a mess for a long time. His father just passed away. 
Um, here's Jay in Pennsylvania. You're on the Ronnie Fez show. Hey, Ronnie. I'm just curious. Did you guys figure out, uh, you know, getting the the uh, prizes to the guests or the callers? Is uh, Shelby still in charge of that? Yeah. I got to tell you, I got my Danny Aiello book signed by the man himself. Shelby, you redeemed yourself. Kudos. Great job, brother. Is that is that Shelby's gig still? Yeah, Shelby has that. That's good. You just heard something good. Congratulations, Shelby. I don't, I feel like that was sarcastic. <laughs> I mailed something. Why are you going to play it down? You did it shitty for a year. <laughs> the fact that you're pulling it off now, I'm happy about. People are getting the things they win. How come you don't bring up to those guys that they haven't talked to you in weeks, Shelby? Why wouldn't you say, Chris, you have a beef with me? I, I just figured I'd... Maybe they were mad at me about something, or maybe they were... Well, why wouldn't you say it? Fucking ask! If someone's mad uh, with you about something, you go, dude, do we have a problem? It all comes down to communication. George, you're on the Run of Fez show. Yo, uh... Just wondering if I had a job and I went into my job every day and I didn't do my job, would I be a team player or a non-team player? I'd say you'd be a non-team player. Okay, just curious. I just, just curious. Thank you. Bye. That's easy to clean up. Black and white, right? Yeah. Black, white, mixed. So, I don't understand. You guys all have a beef with each other, yes or no? I, I, gu I guess we fucking do. I, I, I don't why know. Why are you guessing? Why aren't you sure? You're an adult no, man. Yeah, I do have a beef with Shelby. I, f I, feel, I feel shitty about it that his dad died. Yeah, that sucks. Well, let's work on it. I'm all for working it out. That doesn't sound nice, the way you're yelling that at me. <laughs> Fez, you got a beef with Shelby? I have a beef with Shelby, yes. Shelby, you got a beef with Chris? No, I don't I don't have a beef with either of them. I was gonna ask you about Fez, I was gonna do it one at a time. Alright. You know, I was gonna get some timing down. Get on a it. do over. No, I don't want a do over now. Forget it, it's ruined. I had a nice little rhythm going. It's fucking live, baby. Right? Look, this ain't fucking do overs. <laughs> I know I said baby, but I didn't mean it like the usual way I said well, baby boy, I know that you're not into it once you're saying baby. No, I am into it. Yeah. Hundred percent. Um Jason in Wisconsin, you're on the run of fish show. Jason, go ahead, pal. Hey, yeah, Ronnie. I, I guess uh Shelby's gonna be spending Thanksgiving on the bread lines after the guys down the hall hear the on air evaluation of him today and sorry to hear about it, but you know. Um yeah, no one's going to get on the bread lines. It's Christmas season. But it's weird that you say, either one of you guys would say someone doesn't communicate. I know. And You have to take some of your own control if you want to communicate with people, too. It's not a one-sided thing. Yeah. Where's Henley? He is on his, he's walking. He's en route. I feel terrible for him. Terrible day to be driving around the city. 
I know. Um, Bunny Kickbutt says, I can't take this anymore. Fez and Chris are being assholes. Do you guys feel like you're being assholes? I don't feel like it. I know I'm being an asshole, but I don't care. Why do you know that you're being an asshole? Because his dad just passed away, and I, I it's it's dickish. But this has been going on for a while. Yeah. How long? At least a couple months. Why don't you, Mister Communication? Why don't you come to me with this? I'll put you know. Because I thought I'd try to make it work, and you know, then I let like things go too long. It's my own fucking problems, also. A couple months for you too. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, where it's, you well, know... It's, something had to start it. What started it? I'm not sure exactly what started it. How I can know you not be sure what started it? If you got a beef with somebody, it always starts somewhere. I know Chris and I have tried to talk about things in the office and include Shelby, and he just tries to shit on it or shoot it down, or like he talks about the office overlooking Broadway, how shitty that is. That just came up today. I don't have a problem <laughs> the with first the view. Time that you heard it today. No, everything we bring up is shitty, but he offers no suggestions on how to make it unshitty in his eyes. It's not worth it to talk to him a lot of times. Fez, he's the kid. You're an Fez. What are you looking for? You give him assignments and you check to see when they're due. That's all. And then he, I try to do that. I don't get a response from him. Or if he is given a suggestion on how to do something, it's still done his way. He doesn't want to hear any suggestions. I didn't know any of this. Um. Sam, you're on the Run Fez show. Hey, man, how's it going? Hey. Yeah, I'm going to mind you, Fez does have another friend. Remember, he went on that big trip to uh, Nashville with Elfish. When's the last time you talked to Elfish? It's been a long time, and now I cannot find him. I had a phone number, and it didn't work. Oh, boy. Well, you were a hell of a detective. It's Google. Google's good for finding people. Get in touch with Flipper. Maybe Flipper can hunt him down. He's, uh, he understands the Google. Well, you just type shit in the Google box, it gives yeah. you answers. It's really nuts. It's great that way. <laughs> I go to that um, adding machine thing and just, I let it do all my addition and subtraction for me. Love the adding machine. <laughs> yeah. Shit, it's always right. Uh, here's Bob. Bob, you're on the Run Fest show. Bob. Buddies, how you doing? Hey, buddy. Hey, listen. Uh, I'm just I'm thinking about those uh, guys from the, the NFL, like Blunt and whatever. Um, like they're being brought up, like like oh they're always the best. Like they've they've constantly been the best their entire lives, and now like oh maybe they not might not be the best, you know. So you're kind of like uh, like flipping out for like just like a, a little bit of like. Uh, you know, a, a momentary uh, glimpse of them not being the best. Well, it's got to be shocking, right? Because you figure anybody in the NFL was the star of their neighborhood. 
You know, that's, like that's, they were the number one guy in elementary school, middle school, high school, even college. They would dominate, and then they get to the pros, and that shit stops. And they're like, "Okay, now you're the backup," and you're like, "The backup? People have been carrying me around on their shoulders after every game now for 15 years." Uh, Gordon, you're on the Run of Fez show. Gordon. Yeah, hey, I'm here. First time caller, Ron. Love the show. Thanks, buddy. Chris, you're awesome. Shelby, yeah. sorry about your problems. Fez, I'm checking out on you. Used to be a big supporter of you, and uh, I'm really washing my hands of you, bud. Okay. I don't think you're uh, doing well with Shelby. I haven't said anything different than Chris did, but uh, you're checking out on me. Fine, go ahead, check out. I check feel, out all the way. I think I, I, I feel like I'm pulling teeth with both you guys. I still haven't got to the bottom of it. You guys haven't really described what's going on between the three of you. Although we were, you know, we were doing on the air a little bit, make it entertaining. I don't know what's going on. Are you guys hiding something? Fez is like, I mean, Chris is like, I guess, and I think, and you were giving these weird examples. One that just happened uh, two minutes ago. Now, I don't doubt that Shelby is not strange and different. We knew that when he brought in. The point is, are you guys not working well together? That's the only fucking point. And it had to start somewhere. I'm obviously not working well with him because when I, I've, I've I've brought it up before, fucking guy doesn't want to take any advice or uh, anything I want to fucking give him, and he has a fucking attitude all the time, all the time, and it's it's, it's come up before, and it fucking still goes on. So I don't know what the fuck the, his problem is. So you feel like you could never train him? I no, I don't because he fucking has a shit attitude. But way before his fucking dad passed away. Uh, Charlie in Jersey. Ronnie B., I got a 20-year-old daughter. I see this all the time. All the girls team up on the pretty girl. Shelbo is the prettiest girl at the dance, and all the other girls are... We all know that Shelby's attractive. Shelby, did you know Chris felt this way? Well, I think they've said that they, even on or and off, that they don't like me, but I've tried... I'm trying to get better. They're not liking you. It's not for your personality. It's for the fact that you won't take advice. Ever. Chris has done this a lot longer. He's the producer. He's the head producer of the show. He's the executive producer. You shouldn't be shaking him off. He knows more about the business than you do. I thought I was taking advice better. I'll, I'll, try, I'll try to be more perceptive and... Communicate and listen. I, I, I thought I was trying to do better. I'm, I'm obviously not. He isn't. You couldn't possibly thought you were doing better if you guys haven't talked for a month or whatever it is. You can't be telling the truth that I thought I was doing better if you know the other two guys that you work with aren't talking to you. So you go down and do your work down at intern hall. That's crazy. Vic Henley in the building. How are you, my friend? I'm all right. Yeah. <laughs> here, here. Yeah, anywhere is good. Uh, after a while, it becomes funny. Yeah. 
when New York City kicks your ass. But. New York City kicks everybody's ass. Donald Trump is like, I don't know if I'm strong enough to live here. <laughs> I really, that was yeah. pretty good. I it's didn't know true. you did voices. That's yeah. the first time I've ever heard you do a voice. I well, had no idea. You know, it's a gift, and I don't want to abuse it. I, right. I had yeah. no, we've known each other forever. Mm-hmm. I had yeah. no idea you had that skill. You know, uh, I, before we get into, and I know you got a lot of great stuff coming up, uh, you were at the Unmasked, and... Yes, that was awesome. With Ron White. And so it was good. such a great night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He talked about it for two days. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. He loved it. He cried. It was he, it was like Oprah and uh, and Roy Firestone <laughs> <laughs> and Barbara Walters. It was well, a whole, you know. Well, I was actually surprised. I didn't know that that was, you know. Well, you know, everybody dying. He yeah. brought up everybody dying. Well, and I so, didn't know. He, yeah, I said it's been a rough year, and I, I talked to him about... It has been. You lived with Tim Wilson, which Tim Wilson. I was closer to Tim than Ron was, but, oh. but but we both loved him, and he's a great guy. Everybody loved and, Tim. And, and so uh, Steve Cook is Ron's tour manager yeah. and 50-year friend who died. He yeah, died a month ago. That. So it was all, you said Tim Wilson, and yeah. then he thought Tim Wilson, Steve Cook, and yeah. then you brought up Robin Williams, and he had one encounter with Robin Williams where he was incredibly gracious to him, and it was open the floodgates for it, the, uh, the, the... But it was a really, you know, oh, it was that's great. Him, that's why everybody loves him. Yeah. He doesn't give a shit. He didn't no. care at all. That's him. That's who he is. He didn't care one bit. It was fabulous. He was also so such an interesting dude just about his career and all the strange places. Oh, God. Sure. You know, you talk about a guy who's been up and down. <laughs> Lived in a van down by the river. Yeah, and don't give a shit either way. <laughs> no. Because like, that's right. the beauty of it. Like, <laughs> hey, if I end up back where I was before, fine. Sure. Good deal. All I the vi- way around. I, I visited him when he lived in the van down by the river. But, uh, <laughs> you know, we were also talking, like, when you're saying about when, you know, when he was... Uh, headlining punchlines. The amount of guys that are headlining punchlines, let's say, but never get that one whatever break. So many great people. Oh, a million hilarious. Oh, God. A million. A a ton. Tons and tons and tons. Luckily, they can make a good living. That's the good part. It's a good living, (laughs) but the difference, you know what I mean? It's almost like the difference between that and what takes next is unbelievable. Everybody's a heartbeat away from being the Mark Wahlberg character and stepping in for Judas Priest. Yeah. (laughs) There's a million guys that are that close to being Pryor or Carlin that have original, unique voices that are amazing. Tim Wilson, we just said. Tim Wilson, absolutely amazing. And Completely unique and wonderful. I think I knew I first met Tim Wilson. It had to be 30, sure. 25, 30 years right. ago. He was great then. Oh. Great. <laughs> I told Ron on the bus the other night, we were talking about, he did it because he would always do like good comics. They'll always yeah. do something that if they like it, it doesn't matter if it's horribly unfunny and it never yeah. gets a laugh. They'll put nine minutes of dead shit in the <laughs> middle of their show for no reason other than I don't give a fuck. <laughs> I think this is funny yeah. and you're going to listen to my thoughts on this. Yeah. We'll get back to the other part that you like in a second, but till then... <laughs> Yeah. Watch me do Struther Martin as a Waffle House waitress, <laughs> which he did. Yeah. Like the second, I, I was with him. My, my first three weeks of getting paid, two of them, I was in the car with Wilson. Yeah, I was the MC, and he was the middle. And then he was doing Struther Martin as a Waffle House waitress at these Southern gigs, and the audience had no idea. They would barely recognize the Struther Martin voice when he started doing it as the guy from Cool Hand Luke, you know, and, and, and uh, Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. They go, you run one time, you got yourself a set of chains. You run twice, you got yourself two sets. Ain't going to be no third time, because you're going to get your mind right. 
<laughs> what was he? Wasn't he also in the Man Who Shot Liberty Valance? Oh, he's in, oh, he's in everything. He's the, oh, career character. Strother Martin is amazing. Yeah, the, a thirty-year career character actor, amazing guy. Yeah. The, the the great thing about that movie is um, the bad guy, Liberty Valance. Terrorizes the town. Sure, terrorizes right. the town. Right, and when he finally gets killed, Strother Martin's like, "Let's string him up." Like he wants, he's trying right. to unite the, yeah, right. the town right. to, to kill the man right. who killed Liberty Valance. <laughs> <laughs> it's like let's kill the guy who cured polio. Right, right. No, it was. I know. It was, it's, he's wonderful. Everybody, but only you know, not nobody. But that was Wilson. That was yeah. Wilson doing weird, obscure, all, along with just hilarious, uh, really, really funny stuff. Uh, yeah, I rode around with him. I remember my, we. It was one of the worst. Pat Paulson mm-hmm. was the headliner, and we're wow. in, and we're in Birmingham, Alabama, and it's like 1985, right, or 86, my 85 probably, and uh, and yeah, and he's following. I'm opening, and Wilson's in the middle. The fact that we sound like this, and we're in Alabama, <laughs> Pat Paulson is fucked from the get go. It's not 1968. It's right. 1985. He's already 17 years past the Smothers Brothers. And running for president and doing all this. He's just cashing in and trying to get a check. And he's got no act at all. He's horrible. He's as sweet as he can be. He's wonderful. And and he hate and he's and he's going long. And me and yeah. Wilson, so it's it's between my twenty and Wilson's thirty, it's fifty minutes of hillbilly wonderfulness <laughs> for the people in Birmingham, followed by this weird ass political esoteric. Maybe you remember laughing. It hadn't been on the air in thirteen years. Maybe you kinda know this guy's face. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like the my We'll get the where's the beef lady to try to do an hour in front of an audience. You're like, oh, oh, oh five minutes in, you're like, who gives a shit? And it was just brutal. And Wilson and I, and he was so sweet about it, you know. And Wilson's going, you can change spots with us. You just go up. And he's like, oh, I can't do that. They'll, they'll take away my money. And he would go out and do that bit that he had done oh, years before, which, by the way, there was probably 13 comedians in the country when he was on Laughing. Sure. You know what I mean, like, correct. There was like, no, oh, Okay. Was, no, he was the first. He yeah. ran for office, and yeah. like he was one of the first viable guys. Where America yeah. went, we'll vote for this guy just for a goof yeah. because he is better than the idiots in office. It was almost a protest kind of thing, and it was really cool. And it was very sixties, but not in eighty five. Right? <laughs> there was always guys that could get on television, like uh, you know. The unknown comic, that, that Murray, stuff, Murray Langston. Yeah, that, that some of that stuff would work so great for four sure, minutes. It's amazing but for the, right. <laughs> well, but to close with right. an hour fifteen. Well, right now, right now, right now. Yeah. Uh, Tim Meadows and Chris Kattan and John Lovitz are the three of them. Yeah. Which they don't have an hour together. The three of them don't have an hour together. Yeah. But they're trying to. They're in theaters around America right now. And they are now. I don't care. I don't know them. I don't care if they hate me for right. saying this. You will go see this once and out of one hour you'll see him go yeah that's a ticket and uh, hey, the love master and then or that's Craig or whatever but he love God yeah. or whoever the fuck and then <laughs> and then Catan does mango and jumps around and plays the Chris and the disco thing and yeah and to 15 minutes in you're like goddamn $75 for this shit really yeah. <laughs> so, what are they doing backstage till who the like, fuck oh, being God. actor being actor esoteric because yeah. they're not comics because if they were comics they'd be going 
going, they're, they're, I, got, I can't do this. I feel wrong. <laughs> I feel really bad for selling this line of shit to these people. Like, I really have a voice and something to say. There will <laughs> always be some ex-sitcom guy. And that goes to show, like, TV is so powerful. Jimmy Walker still, yeah. you know, he, he won't yeah. say dynamite unless you give him, like, $200 or something. Yeah, it's got to be extra. you got to give him, right. Yeah. You have to give him the money or he won't say. He's like, I'm not doing it. Not doing the dynamite thing. Not going to do it. And you're like, wait, but you're the dynamite. Like, no. one tour, no. I remember, Just, that he went out as, like, I won't do dynamite, right? right? It's like Billy Joel going, no piano. I'm not playing piano, man. Fuck you. I'm not playing piano, man. But then he went on a, he went on another tour. He called himself Jimmy J.J. Dynamite. Yeah, yeah, sure. It was all there. Yes, like, right. I know you didn't get this. One more time. Yeah. For dynamite. But it's amazing that he did say dynamite one time uh, a long time ago. But uh, he was funny as shit when he was well, a kid. He, well, it's because Letterman and all the other Shandling were all writing for him. He was uh, buying the material. They were all peers at the comedy store in L.A. And he was uh, smart enough. He was uh, smart enough and a little bit funny on his own to sit there and, and, and all the weed heads smoking and drinking after the show going, hey, I'll give you $20 for that funny thing you just said. And yeah, and yeah he had some of the greatest writers. Uh, Did you ever sell any jokes great. before? Oh, God, yeah. Or I yeah. just mainly I give them away. I, yeah. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I, yeah, I may be. I'll let somebody buy me a dinner or a steak because, or a drink yeah, or something. Because but. selling a gag, you, there's I no just, way I'd to rather, put no, a, a, a figure on that. It's, uh, Tom Cotter, when he was on America's Got Talent a couple of years ago, they were he, he they brought Joan Rivers out with him, and mm. they were he, he was supposed to say roasty things to the panel. Right. So he called a bunch of us and said, I'll take you to Del Frisco's or Ruth Chris or something uh-huh. if, you, if, if you get on the air. And, I, you know, send me four or five things to say to him and if I use one I'll take it to Del Frisco's and I was the, and I, he was the first thing I gave him and uh, so he had to take three so I let him I let him take three of us we, we yeah. went down and had a big steak dinner on him but other than that I can't but yeah you know. I think if you're doing a unit like oh I have to go to this one well, thing yeah, yeah, yeah. and I need special material but how do you you know sell nah. a headliner a no, bit that right. he may end up doing for years for well, you, it, you can't it's, and it doesn't it's usually if you're bullshitting with somebody and somebody yeah. says something off the cuff then you'll go yeah. I want that and then you can go <laughs> Debate on that, but no, no money really changes hands. Yeah, right. It turns into a, a, a debate kind of thing. When someone says, "Can I you have know. that?" and you're like, "What? Have what?" Right? Well, they, yeah, what exactly. did I say? No, no, no. Did, right. did something just drop here? No, was absolutely. there a diamond from Ron, the sky? Ron, 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 I had a thing with Ron yeah. where he uh, he was talking about his sister, and we were uh, I saw about the holidays were coming up, and he's like, "I'm not looking forward to it because my sister every year has too many glasses of wine, and it turns into Daddy never loved me." <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, everybody can identify yeah. with that. Doesn't matter if you're Southern, everybody's got a Daddy right. never loved me and he's like well what's the funny part i'm like i don't know but start with that just <laughs> yeah. say that that'll get a laugh and then you can add on and i and i t- and he for a year i would remind him and he's like i've said it four or five times it never works i'm like all right i'm gonna give you like another eight months and i'm taking it i guarantee yeah. you i can make this funny yeah. and he's like fine so another six or eight months went by and i see him again and he's like it's still not working and i put I, that night i call him i'm like everybody laughed all together full room laugh and he goes well, they're just laughing at the way you're saying it it's not really yeah. that funny and and I'm like, no, it's because I'm pausing at the end and going, no. And then I come in and go, that's because he's not your real dad. <laughs> <laughs> and I sat on the tagline for like yeah. two years. <laughs> Family tension is the absolute 
best well, though. No, there's nothing better. Than I, uh, <laughs> I every meal when I was a kid, my sister would yell. I didn't ask to be born and run upstairs, <laughs> and I was always like, <laughs> "That's what right. yeah. That's what makes it." And yeah. I was always like too young to even know what got to her. You know, yeah, yeah. I would just kind of sure. look sure. around, sure. like, "Oh God, this is weird." <laughs> yeah, I didn't care. I, my yeah. first thought was more chicken, <laughs> more, <laughs> more chicken. chicken for me. I don't care who's having a crisis. I get to have the breast tonight. Well, you grew up with brothers too. Two older brothers. Yeah, that's end. not. Yeah, yeah, that's a lot of appetite. I talked to both of them yesterday, and that hardly yeah. ever happens. I talked to both of them yesterday. My my uh, my middle brother's niece is getting my my niece. His daughter's getting married. I had to call both of them to plan the whole uh, Henley gathering. There's only about four of us. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and it's and it's weird, and, and so it's hard to get everybody together at the same time. If I make the call, they'll all come for me. Well, see, that's the thing. Like sisters stay in touch. Yeah, brothers don't. I I'll go a year. I'll call up my brother and I'll be and I haven't talked to him yet. Sure. Like, what's going on? And I'm like, I just caught some trout and yeah. um just cleaning them. And I'm, th- I'm like, I don't mean what's going on. Right, right now. Right. I haven't talked to him in a year. Yeah, exactly. But he will give me yeah, the yeah, last two right, hours. Right. Cleaning fish. Yeah. That's what my brother says. Just bats. Always bats. Same always conversation. <laughs> well, you didn't caught a big one yesterday. You should have seen him. 38 inches around. Yeah. Couldn't believe it. But sisters call themselves constantly. Oh, yeah. oh, absolutely. Anytime that they get in a car. They're calling each other. Yeah. And you're like, oh, man. My brothers live two miles from each other. And same yeah. thing. They live two miles from each other. And I'm like, and, and, and Terry, my oldest brother, never says Mike. He, ne- he always, for 40 years, he has referred to him as, talk to your other brother. <laughs> he never says his name. He says your other brother. He used to be the booger eating moron. He upgraded him from the booger eating moron when I was like 20. <laughs> for, so he was, for the first 20 years, he was the booger eating moron. And then for the past 30, he's your other brother. I talked to your other brother. <laughs> and so then when Mike talks about when we all talk about Terry and Mike imitate, we always imitate my oldest brother because he's got a high voice. So he's like, I talked to Terry the other day. <laughs> can't ever say I talked to Terry without doing Terry's voice <laughs> for some bizarre reason. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I know. They're a lot older than you. They're or? twelve and seven years. Yes, I'm yeah. the mistake. Yeah. So. Yeah. So that is that's almost like not having brothers. Sure. Not that far. Away. Well, they were really good to me though. My, yeah. They got divorced when I was little. We, our dad was horrible. So Terry's like my dad. He took me around and my they both they were both they tried to kill me mm-hmm. but they really included me a ton it, yeah it really was it was completely murder and love right <laughs> combined I got, I got my one brother seven years older too and it was just like he could in my head uh, fell in love with every chick that he ever had i was just like sure. this is amazing <laughs> this is amazing <laughs> you know and everything about it just seemed like it was all so far ahead you know so it was almost like borderline hero worship they were my no, certainly. And they're yeah. in the paper. They play football. They're in the yeah. paper. You know, I can, I can open up the paper. They're, they're in the goddamn newspaper. There he is. Yeah. You know, and yeah, it was really cool. Uh, yeah, completely weird. And yeah, totally. But funnier than I was ever thought about being. You yeah. Know, both of them really, really funny. Still funny. Still very, very funny. Hilarious. That's the, that's the odd thing about funny is like I... I had friends growing up that were so hysterical, but never once thought, hey, this could be a living. You know what I mean? Like, And I meet a lot of guys that are comedians, and I'm like, you would have got 
fucking just diced up in my neighborhood. No, my, my, yeah. buddy, my buddy Phil King, uh, went to different schools together, <laughs> as we said, in high school. He's from my town. And uh, he managed the comedy club in Atlanta for about eight or nine years, and he was in everybody's act. He would just build, be bullshitting with them at the end of the show, and he'd say funny stuff, and they're like, I want that. Have you said that? Yeah. And he, 37 of the first 150, you might be a rednecks, are Phil King. Is that right? We sat, we sat in West Palm Beach, Florida, at the comedy corner in the condo. They own a house next door to the comedy club. And me and Foxworthy and Phil King were down there with Braves fans, watching the Braves spring training, and working the club at night, smoking weed, and sitting there drinking, eating Kentucky Fried Chicken and smoking weed after the show. And Phil King rolled off. Yeah, and we sat in the house and wrote the first 150, you might be a rednecks, and Phil King's 37 of them at last count. And all the comics were coming to town. They're like, how come you don't go on stage? And he goes, I don't need to prove this to anybody. Yeah, right. I know I'm funny. I don't need to prove it. That's yeah. it. He could have given a shit. He didn't care one goddamn bit about any of it, you know. Fuzzy, what are you waiting for with the plugs? You don't like Sorry. to do plugs anymore? I love to do it, especially for Vic Henley at Go Bananas That's in nice. Cincinnati. Yes, Thanksgiving. That's his place. Yes, That's Thanksgiving. Gonna... Every year for 20-something years. Yep. That's going to start November 26th and run through the 30th. Go Bananas in Cincinnati. Go Bananas Comedy dot com for tickets. And Vic's album, that's available live from Lou's Cruise. That's uh, all set on iTunes. Right. That's a good Christmas gift for anybody. Is that right? I mean, that's, <laughs> that's a perfect stocking stuff. Christmas gift. Right. Oh, my God. You got me the Vic Henley. That's Thank right. you. Right. It's worth it just for yeah. the Sarah Palin joke. Uh, your buddy Ron White, too, was uh, busted on Cincinnati one time. I remember when. Saying oh, the chili thing. The chili thing, yes. which was the funniest shit ever. That's one of his oldest bits, right? Yeah. I could come up here with a Mexican, a goat, and an onion. <laughs> Something like that. Yeah, because because I could come up here with a Mexican and kick everybody's ass. Yeah. Go, he, goes, I'll, I could, he goes, the Mexican will have to walk back. <laughs> Because <laughs> he rode the goat. Cincinnati, somebody, yeah. It's so Hilarious. funny, though, because Cincinnati considers themselves. They all their chili, all their things yeah. are great. And it's good chili. I like yeah. it. It's delicious. It's wonderful, but it's not chili as you would think. Well, chili in Mexico, per se. Yeah. yeah. It's not. No, it's not Texans. It's not. No. <laughs> yeah. It's Greek. It's Greek sauce, yeah. in a way, is what it is. And do you know, and that's just the only place that they make that kind of chili? Yeah, and all the Greek diners in Cincy back at the mm-hmm. turn of the century made. Uh, it's just what they put on their spaghetti. It's like the it's the Greek marinara. It's, mm-hmm. it, but it's not tomato based. It's it's uh, it's it's cumin and sweet cinnamon and clove mm-hmm. and a whole lot of other stuff. And they boil the beef. It's the only chili recipe where you don't brown the meat first. Yeah. They just pour everything and they pour it all in a pot and, and water and it just boils it down for like nine hours. No other recipe. You brown the meat first. It's right. the only chili recipe where you boil the beef. So by the time it's done, it's almost like sand. It cooks down to nothing, and you have to constantly skim the fat off of it. But it's delicious. It's really good. But. No. But it ain't chili. It's does this get picked up in other places in Ohio? Like, do oh, the it's people... all over Ohio. Okay. Yeah, Skyline, Skyline and Gold yeah. Star are the two brands, and they're like the McDonald's and the Burger King. They're all over Ohio and Illinois and yeah. Indiana, but probably not outside of those three states, down in the Kentucky a little bit. But, yeah, you'll see Skyline and Gold Star, but completely regional. Completely it, delicious, too. Is there enough cheese on top of that? Look That's at right. The they only put about a pound. It's only a pound. I know. I tried to do a joke forever about how excessive this was. Was, and the, they would never laugh at me. They would get so mad. They would get so mad that I was questioning. That is too. What the fuck is that? That is too. That's a goddamn. They're wasting forty pounds of cheese an hour on this. And I tried. I thought I could get on a rant and kind of make it funny enough. And, I, and the audience would just stare at me like, "Well, no, that's how we do it. Yeah. No, that's exactly how we do it. You don't tell the Philly cheesesteak people not to put right. peppers and onions on it, do you? Shut the fuck up. That's how we do it. <laughs> so, and you get it one way, two way, three way, or five. Way. Uh, they, you have to ask for the beans. You have to ask for the uh, beans, spaghetti, onion. That's three. 
And uh, chili and cheese, that's five. So I just got an email that I can see the Anthony show live, if I want to, uh, at Mohegan Sun. I'm going to sign up for this <laughs> and try to get there to win a package to see the show live. Anthony, 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 from, Anthony, Anthony, yeah, right, I mean, yeah. What's he doing live? Well, he's got his, uh, and he's he's making a mint doing it. Really? Yeah, it's killer. <laughs> he's got a, his own subscription based okay, right. web. <laughs> nice. Yeah, and the amount of people who sign up for it, are so out. they're going to go. Oh, that'll be amazing. Yeah. Um, I love the Mohegan Sun. Yeah, you should go. You should go out and do a show. It's really, really funny too, man. Well, I've, I've been here. You know, I, yeah. I, I'm a whore. I'll work for everybody. But every yeah, that's the beauty of <laughs> your no life, problem. isn't it? Like I'll do everybody's <laughs> yes. show. Whatever. I'm pretty going much. around, yeah. <laughs> popping from spot yeah, to why spot. Why not? You, yeah, you know why not? Uh, what is this? The terrestrial guys. The, the terrestrial guys won't. Uh, the the uh, the Indiana guys won't have me. The Bob and Tom guys. They they threw me off about eight or nine years ago. How come? Because I said I was funnier than they were. Really? <laughs> Accidentally. <laughs> <laughs> they were talking about something. The Tom guy thinks he's brilliant. He went to Columbia and he thinks he's amazing. And uh, he said, duh, duh, duh. and I'm like, well, yeah, if I, nah, I could have said that too, but you didn't. You know, they want you to do your act, and I'm like, I don't want to do my act. And they're right. like, why? And I'm like, because I'm funnier than all y'all sitting here, but. Doing my act, why would I need to <laughs> do my act? Yeah. And they, yeah, they didn't. They were nice about it, right? <laughs> but that was it. But there's not a lot of tables that you can sit down at and not be the funniest guy there. But I don't try. If yeah. you want, if I need this, I'm supposed to be here. This is yeah. your show. I'm supposed to come in, so I'll yeah. try to. But I try not to horn in or. I'm a good panel guy. I'll yeah. sit if I, if everybody. It just depends on what you're supposed to be doing. But if you're supposed to be being funny, if you're supposed to be quiet, my niece <laughs> asked my niece asked the other day. She goes, "I can't believe you're not coming to the rehearsal dinner. Where everybody wants you to be funny." And I'm like, "I'm not doing time at your wedding, Katie. I'm not doing. I'm sorry. I love you. I'm not doing fucking time at your wedding. It's bullshit. Everybody's all eternally disappointed. Every wedding yeah. I'm at, they hand me the microphone and I'm never funny. I go, "How about another hand for Carl and Kara? And I hope they're married for fifty yeah. years." And everybody just looks at me like you're a dick. I'm like. For what? For not being an asshole? <laughs> and taken away from their moment? It's their wedding. Who gives a shit if I want to go knock, knock? You know you could get laughs. Why? There's not a chance to prove it. Um, Robert Birmingham's got a question for you. Go ahead, Robert. Robert, we got you, buddy? All right, we lost him. We lost Birmingham. you? There's only one phone in Birmingham, Alabama, and uh, I'll share it. No, I'm here, I'm here, I'm here. Uh, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, Vic, uh, your brother's Terry that played for Auburn, right? Both my brothers played, Terry and Mike, yes. Yeah, uh, I've been around Terry at some old classic car shows. Uh, yeah. And uh, he's, he's, he's a little bit crazy. Uh, he's insane, are all yes. Are all, y'all, are all y'all great storytellers? Yeah, I mean, well, it's our, our my mom's dad, our granddaddy, is where it all started from. And our grandmother wouldn't let him drink. And uh, and, and when Terry would come home from college, we'd sneak him liquor and sit on the front porch and he'd tell us all stories. <laughs> <laughs> and Terry and Mike would get him wound up. And it all comes from that. We all used to just sit around. And you're, as your age difference, you wait for your time to maybe jump in and tell one and that's how it all got started but yeah he is yeah, he's, he's very very funny he's got some, he's got some great Shug Jordan shit oh well that's that's his dad that we we didn't really have a dad and he was the Bear Bryant of Auburn yeah. he was the Auburn coach for 35 years like Bear Bryant was at uh-huh. Alabama and, and Coach Jordan was Terry was Paul Barry's funeral Coach Jordan was quiet stoic like Bear Bryant real good guy nobody could believe they were even friends <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Coach Jordan let Terry get away with a whole lot of stuff he yeah. really did he let him wear his hair long nobody else on the team could wear their hair long and this, that, and the other. Yeah, but Coach Jordan was a good dude. He's had some great stories. Yeah, I remember him talking about uh, Coach who told him not to leave uh, campus over the weekend. 
and uh, they had a couple of days off uh, before the game. And he said uh, the next time he saw Terry, Terry said I was completely sunburned. I'd gone down to the right. Coach <laughs> <laughs> just looked at looked at him, went shit. And uh, well, let's go. Yeah, yeah, if you run if you run for 150 every week and three touchdowns, he'll let you get away with a little bit, you know. Yeah. But but he, yeah, yeah. His, but the, the very first practice, he was a freshman, and uh, he Terry went over with the kickers. Everybody else, because the kickers still back then even didn't have to do shit. You just mm-hmm. went over and kicked the whole time, and so everybody else is lining up and stretching and running stadiums, doing everything. And Terry didn't want to do anything, and he wandered over with the kickers. And he got away with it for about 30 or 40 minutes. And then one of the other coaches went, wait, we don't have four kickers. I come to those four guys. And he went over there. So he goes over there and he comes walking back. And the whole team's dying laughing. All of them. And he walks back up. And the coach goes, yeah, fine. Oh, really funny. Funny, funny, funny. That you're Henley, that was really, really funny. And uh, now you're going to start running. And every time you run by here till I tell you to stop, we're all going to laugh at you and remind you how funny you are. But start running. And he ran him for three fucking hours. Wow. <laughs> the entire, right, and every time he'd come by, they'd all have to go. Ah! <laughs> he'd go around again. Still works. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He wasn't. He didn't try any more jokes after that. I think Vic, you, you nailed everything. The last time that you sat in here, you were uh, going through the SEC, and you had Mississippi State losing. Sure. You, yeah. Well, yeah. Right. But, but uh, still, no one knows where that college season's. I go. hope Auburn beats Alabama. They look horrible against Georgia, but yeah. they can still beat Alabama. That's the only thing they got played for now. And that's what th- this is the game well, it of the be. year down. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, God, yeah. They'll murder. Somebody will die. Somebody gets killed every year. Somebody, yeah. Something happens. It's horrible, but it does happen. I don't even condone it, but it's true. Who's the. Um, <laughs> Who's Stephen Fry? Uh, he had done this documentary of traveling around uh, the United States, and, and it was done for the English people. And he ends up at. Auburn, Alabama, oh, at great. the game. Amazing. And so he's on the sidelines and he's explaining to people back in England, he goes, You have, this is not a professional game. This is university because yes. people don't go right. to college there. 88,000, yeah, 90,000, yeah. 100,000. Right. And they don't get, fu- you know, no one cares of, if you're playing, even as much as they love soccer, anyone who's good at soccer doesn't go on to further education. They go, you know, start playing pro at 12. So he's attempting to explain to people. How bigger than life? Because they had nothing to compare. He goes, you have to say, they're in the same state. You know, well, the, are, the people in the yeah. Pac-12 don't understand that. And they're yeah. in America. They don't yeah. understand that. I, I told my brother, I've driven through Pullman where Washington State is. I've yeah. driven through their own game day and didn't even encounter any traffic. <laughs> Try yeah. riding through Baton Rouge. <laughs> I don't care if it's a night game. Yeah. It could be a night game. And at 10 a.m. in the morning in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, good fucking luck driving across <laughs> campus three blocks. You'll yeah. be in the worst New York City gridlock of your entire life. And these jackets guys is up and oh Washington State you got 35,000 people we get that at ninth grade girls volleyball I don't even, I'm not even listening to you I don't even care well oh it's so cute and adorable Oregon ha 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 it's not football I don't give a shit what you say so what is it about down there what well is there's it? nothing else to do there's yeah. nothing the pro team suck forever yeah. the Saints sucked since their inception the Falcons in 66 and the Saints they sucked uh, they don't consider Miami the south really yeah. so uh, out of Florida Georgia Louisiana Mississippi all 
all those states, the Carolina Panthers weren't a team until the 80s or the 90s, I believe, mm-hmm. and, and late 80s, 90s, maybe. And so, yeah, there's nothing. So you hang your hat on, and it's a way to get out. If, if somebody gets out and goes to college and plays football, they got out. They didn't impregnate their 15-year-old girlfriend <laughs> and go to work at the pulp wooden thing and hope to get a double wide one day and, ooh, maybe put another trailer next to it and join them with catwalks and we'll put an above-ground pool in the middle and eat at fucking Hardee's for brunch on Sunday when we're living right and maybe one day Carlene can go to Red Lobster for her prom. <laughs> so this is it. You this is it for everybody. Sure, yeah. It's, yeah. It is, it's, a, it's a way out. It's a, yeah. it's, a, it's a future. It's something, you know, It's if football saved my life. Yeah. If it's not for football, I wouldn't be sitting here talking to you right now. If nobody, my brother would have gotten his girlfriend pregnant. We would have been sitting in Oxford, Alabama. Who knows? So football saved my family's life. Sports, I don't care what anybody says. That's true. So I think it's amazing when you think about it, too, that... I think it's the, you know, like the second biggest league in America. It's bigger than basketball. It's bigger than baseball. Oh, when yeah, they're crazy. At, oh, well, yeah. 100,000. They're yeah. drawing 100 for 11, 12 weeks. They're drawing 100,000 a week, practically. The little stadiums are 80. Yeah, right. They're the small ones. Well, Auburn's 88, yeah. I think. Tennessee's 103 or something crazy like that. Uh, let's you go know. over here to Charles. Charles in, uh, in Arkansas. How you doing there, buddy? Hey, how's it going? Good. Uh, I was wondering if I could uh, request to see if um, Vic could tell the judge story again. I heard it once. I, I cannot find it anywhere. It's not because it's not. Any, you can't find it anywhere. Yeah, yeah. I only tell it live. Uh, yeah. I was working. I was working on it forever, and I couldn't get it right. Mm-hmm. So I, I, it's still a work in progress. Okay, but it's a short ver. I'll give you the short version. Is I was opening for the judge in Caesar's Palace, and uh, it's a Monday to Sunday, and, uh, and and like Thursday, the stage manager comes up to me and goes, "If they." Have you met them? Have you talked to them? You're killing it. You're, you should. They probably take you on tour. You're southern. They're southern. And I'm like, I know, but I don't care, and I don't want to go on tour with them. And they're very Jesusy, and I'm not. I'm just being nice because we're in Caesar's Palace, and the casino hired me separately. And he's like, I think I'll be a good fit. And I'm like, well, I don't think so either, and I don't care. Thank you. It's very flattering, but I don't care. And, and uh, so Saturday night between shows, there's two shows, and here they come. He comes back and he goes, I told you, they. Oh, they. They finally said, is he down there? They want to talk to you. I, I knew this would be a good fit. And I'm like, whatever, you know. So I'm. I'm not planning on being mean to them, and, and they come in. Winona, I can tell by the way they walk in that Winona's walking behind her like two steps, like the abused husband <laughs> in a relationship. And she really is giving me eye contact, like, I'm so sorry. She's looking at me. I know something's up. And I barely start to stand up out of my chair, and Naomi just sets me back. She's like, she like, don't even stand. She just she pulls her chair over, sits right down, and puts her hand on my leg, doesn't say, hey, how are you? Nothing. Says, I hear you're saying JC and your show and uh and stupid ass me i really thought she meant the jc's like the civic organization the kiwanis club the rotarians the elks lodge i had no idea that that's a christian thing for jesus christ i had no idea seriously and so i go i'm not what are you talking about i don't have any jokes about the jc's in my show and she leans over and goes no 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 Jesus Christ. And I go, because if you whisper, he can't hear you. <laughs> she got fucking mad. She stood up. She slapped me on the leg and said, take it out now. 
and walks out of the dressing room. And again, Winona's kind of like looking over his shoulder like, I'm sorry, I didn't really want to have anything to do with this. I'm sorry. And I'm sitting there and I'm like, God damn, what an asshole. You know, I really can't believe this. And so I go, oh, I'm going to get fired. I'm going to, here's what I'm going to do. Uh, I'm going to go out on stage for the second show and I'm going to talk about eating buttholes and <laughs> I'm going to say vagina blood fart and any kind of horrible thing I can think of. This gross and nasty because I get paid either way whether I'm funny or not. So I decide I'll forego the Sunday check because uh, y'all just, they'll prorate me down one show and I don't care. But for 500 bucks, I'm about to have the time of my life <laughs> and I go out there and I just burn the place down to shit. I mean, it was like the Max L poster where the guy's in the recliner and he's just blown back by the fucking cassette tape back in the day. And I'm just, oh, it's just awful. And I just, I have a boner. I'm so happy with how foul I'm being. And, uh, and I walk off and they come out and usually they, they, they enter from uh, opposite sides of the stage. They got two microphones in the front and one comes from the left and one comes from the right and they meet at the microphones and they start with their duets. And uh, after that, they walked out, no music. The band didn't play. They turned up the house lights. They turned up the house lights and came out, uh, no sound at all and apologized for me and said, we're so sorry and we'll never work with him again and that's awful and that's terrible and we don't condone that and da-da-da-da-da-da. Now, so I, I, the best part of this is I come back to New York City, I tell Greg Rogel, who's one of the funniest guys in the city. He's been around for as long as I have. He's hilarious. He's doing a show with him at Westbury Music Fair out on Long Island. So I tell him this. I don't know this. We're just sitting at the comedy cellar. And he goes, buddy, buddy, I'm doing a show with him in two weeks at Westbury Music Fair. I bet I can make them fucking madder than you did. He goes, I'm a Jew. I'll tell them there's no Jesus. They'll fucking hate me. And so I'm like, Ruth Chris, state dinner, if you can get it worse than me. And so two weeks go by. Rogel calls me. Then they, right when he comes off stage, he calls me. He's like, I did it. I did it. And I'm like, I go, what'd you do? And he's like, I said every horrible thing that you did that I threw in the Christianity stuff and I'm a Jew. I go, did they apologize? He goes, hey, not only did they apologize for me, he goes, they turned up the lies. They apologized because they said they did everything they did for you. But then at the end of the apology, they said, and now we should all hold hands and have a moment of silence and a prayer for his soul. <laughs> he said, you got an apology. I got a moment of silence and a prayer for my soul. I'm like, all right, steak dinner. Oh, God. <laughs> they need to learn to tour with their own opening act, man. Don't leave it to fate. That's the judge story, though. That's, the That's great. Nick Henley, he's going to Cincinnati for Thanksgiving. You can spend Thanksgiving evening with him. He's going to be at Go Banana starting that Wednesday, November 26th, through the following Sunday, the 30th, at Go Bananas in Cincy. That's GoBananasComedy.com for tickets. Nick Henley, thank you oh, so much, buddy. Hey, I'm sorry I was late. Guys. No, don't ever Appreciate worry it, about a thing. No, no, no. We'll hold it to you until you get here. We'll, I, keep, uh, it, you know, we'll keep it hot. I know, right? I'm not worried. I'm not worried that anybody here has something nothing to say. All right, uh, we'll see you guys back in here tomorrow. Vic Henley, make sure you go see him in Cincinnati. It's a Thanksgiving tradition. See you guys back here tomorrow. And that's the end of my show. Donk. You know what you've been doing? You've been listening to The Ron and Fez Show. It's now over, but don't worry. You can listen again and again on Sirius XM On Demand. Go to SiriusXM.com slash On Demand. Listen to Ron and Fez whenever you want. Go to SiriusXM.com slash On Demand.